I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told. So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. You're listening to Should I sit beside you or? Yeah, I think so. It's not like in a stadium where you gotta leave a, a space. There's lots of room. All right. Well, thank you all you guys for coming. Um, when we started this thing, I think it was just because James and I really just wanted to, I actually don't know why we started. I think it was a lockout. Had, it was, it, a, it was a lockout and we just needed something to do, maybe something to talk about. I don't actually remember. PSN was paying you to cover the Leafs and there was no Leafs. Yeah, it was 2012. So what did we talk and about? You were like, the radio studio is empty every day. Why don't we do? Why don't we do a podcast? It's like okay, huh. and like nobody was listening to it, and we didn't really have any designs on anyone listening to it. We didn't figure out anyone was listening to it until like a year and a half ago. Yeah. And then we were doing we were doing these puck talk shows here, and afterwards I would go out in the eye in the crowd, and people would all come up and say, "Do more podcasts, do more podcasts." And I was like, "People are actually listening to this." Well, so we apologize for not doing it more frequently, and we are not good with the tech. Everything. Andrew, who introduced us, is the only reason we can actually even get this out. Yeah, but, we're, but we're working on it. We're working on it. So the podcast and this event is, is obviously brought to you by Puck Talks, uh, by the Saki Hall of Fame. That's the new stuff. They're right over here. It's awesome with Bad Socks. Saki Hall of Fame is going to be giving away the first subscription ever. Someone in here is going to win the first subscription ever to the Saki Hall of Fame. So, so that's pretty good. And the beer today, Bear Brew, which 5% of their proceeds sales go to charity. So that's pretty awesome. And that's what I'm drinking. James can't drink beer. I don't know if anyone knows that. All right, so we're going to spend most of our time doing the podcast talking about the captaincy, since that is the only thing that really matters. Uh, so I, I think the whole first half, half hour is the captaincy. Is it bad? Is it Okay, we're not going to talk about that. What do you want to start with? This is usually actually how it goes. I write down some topics, and James, James is like, what are we going to talk about when we've started? And then I'm like, maybe you just look at the list of stuff that I've written down. Yeah, I didn't look at it. Yeah, so. I don't know what's on the list. Well, so the first thing, maybe we'll talk... 
I don't know. Do you want to talk about? I talked to Mike Babcock today, so I don't know if you want to talk about anything. Else. Expectations heading into camp. Well, camp's already started. Okay. Well, <laughs> there were medicals today. I don't think anything what else we got? happened. Things will we be, we will hey, be watching. No, no, no. You're not supposed to okay. say all the topics. All right, well. Where do you want to start? So you talked to Mike. You talked to Mike Babcock one on one. I think that's the first time you talked to him one on one on the record since he's come to Toronto. That's true. The access yeah. to Mike Babcock has been super tightly controlled ever since he came to Toronto. He just does his little scrums. A lot of times they're like two or three minutes, and it's hard to have a real conversation with him. Did you find that it was useful having a real conversation with the coach? Yeah. Yeah, I think I did. <laughs> so, so we went to the Leafs. We went to the Leafs this summer, and we requested we want to meet Mike Babcock at his summer home where he's like hunting elk and whatever he does and like sitting at the beach. We wanted to send Jonas to wherever it was, like Buttfuck, Saskatchewan, where, wherever his lake house is. And uh, the Leafs said no. So what they said is, well, you can talk to him for 10 minutes on the first day of camp. So that's, that's what we got. It's up on The Athletic now, the, the interview. Um, do you think you were able to, to grill him enough to, did you, make, did you make him crack? I think I got some interesting stuff. Like the tough thing to kind of give you guys like background and how these things work is like they tell you you're gonna have ten minutes. And it's like I've got fifty-five questions I wanna ask him, like any of you guys would if you got to talk to Mike Babcock. And so I'm like, what should I ask? And like what's the order I'm gonna ask? And like are they gonna wrap it up while I'm like while I've not asked this question that I really wanna ask? So like I thought something interesting that uh, I said to him that I've always wanted to ask him was about Zaitsev. And he kind of filled me in a little bit on like what he sees in Zaitsev that myself, James, and, and probably a lot of you guys don't see. So like that's... <laughs> yeah. So he actually, his answer was interesting. So you can check that his out. answer was that Zaitsev breaks the cycle. And that's why he likes Polak. Too. That's why he liked Polak, too. Right. And so anyway, like what I've learned from, from Babcock is he's not just kind of the character that he, you see. There's a lot more to him. And like we've talked when it's not like a scrum or it's not on the record. Yeah, he sees your tweets and comes up to you and yells at you about them. That's not totally true. <laughs> it's not totally true. That there wasn't yelling. It's, yeah, it's partly true. <laughs> okay, so expectations sitting in the camp. We can't really talk about that. So should we talk about the captaincy? No, I'm just kidding. All right, so maybe we should start with... Put this down and just talk about no, I need to. <laughs> so let's talk about a little bit about Tavares. Maybe that's going to be obviously a big story, a really interesting focal point for the season. Are you actually? Maybe I'll ask it this way: Do you think that it will end up sticking the way it is, where Marner plays with Tavares, or do you see a situation where I don't know, twenty games in, we're going to see this all jumble and it's not going to be the way we expect? Well. The interesting thing with Mike Babcock is he really hasn't changed his lines very much, right? Like, we've seen him come right out of camp first game of the season and have lines and then stick with those for most of the season before. Yep. So it's, you know, some coaches, Carlisle used to seem to change his lines all the time. Ron Wilson used to change all his lines all the time in-game. And, and Mike Babcock doesn't, like... It's funny, actually, you should say that. I remember, and I don't know if I should mention this, but whatever. I remember Howard Berger came up to me one time and he said, you know, no, you shouldn't care about the lines. They change, like, every day. And I thought to myself, eh... I think they probably matter a little bit more. But anyway, continue. So what, what, what I was going to say, I, like, I think Mike Babcock spends the offseason really thinking about what his lines are. Like, I think a lot Just of, like 
probably all of us do. But like a ton of thought goes into it. So when they first came out of the first camp and they had Hyman and Matthews together and all of Toronto and all the sports talk radio was like, what the hell is he doing? He had thought about that for months. He thought about that probably for years because he watched Zach Hyman play in college. Not years. For, I think decades. <laughs> when, when Austin was a baby? Yeah. About yeah. He saw Zach Hyman at seven years old playing in the... That guy's going to play with Austin Matthews. Yeah. That's what he... <laughs> but actually, one of the questions I didn't get to ask because I ran out of time is I was going to ask him why after two years it was finally the time that Zach Hyman wasn't going to play with Matthews. I just didn't get to it. I'll ask it during camp. You know what I think? Season. You know why I think they're putting Hyman with John Tavares? Because I think he thinks Zach Hyman is the perfect kind of player to play with John Tavares. Well, and, and when I was kind of thinking through them getting Tavares, that was actually one of the things that I thought about when I, I wrote a story for The Athletic, was it makes sense to have a guy like that who goes and gets the puck back to play with someone like Tavares who kind of plays like a hard... And also generates style. a lot around the net. Right. Because and if like, you watch Tavares' highlights, and I've watched a ton of them since they got him with the Islanders, he's always generating a lot from the circles down. He's always creating all kinds of openings for everybody else. There's a reason why Kyle Ocposo got the big contract he did and Anders Lee got the big contract he did. And you know, he really generates a lot, not just for himself, but for everybody. He creates a lot of open ice and a lot of opportunities. He's gonna do that for Zach Hyman. I don't think it necessarily matters how good of a finisher he is, well, especially with Marner on the right side. Well, and so what's gonna be interesting then, I think is, you know, we, I've heard from Austin Matthews. He told me he wants to generate more assists. You would think now playing with Marlowe and Nylander, like, I don't know. The one thing I... I, I it's a better shooter. They got a better shooter. Marlowe's a very good shooter. Obviously one of the best shooters ever. Right. So now they've got two amazing shooters with Matthews, so he can distribute more, and then he's not, yeah. he's not shutting them down. But see, you and I, I think, talked about it during the summer, and I thought it would have been interesting if you kept Marner with Kadri and you played Tavares with, like, Brown and Hyman. Just so, like, you really, really, really stuck it to the opposition where you basically said, pick what you want. You want to go against Marner and Kadri? Okay. You want to go against Matthew Neilander? Okay. And Tavares, like, on his own is a threat on his own line? Like, I could see that happening. You know what? I never thought about it, but Kadri's probably there, like, come on. Like, the second half of the season that he had with Marner was unreal. Like, that was the probably, that was one of the best lines in the he league. He scored for Toronto's sake, like, the quietest back-to-back 30 goals. They had like, great chemistry. They no, like, we don't ever talk about, like, he's had two straight 30-goal seasons. In Toronto, we pump up everything. So you're saying, like, oh, could the line switch? Absolutely. Like, if it, yeah. you know, if, if he doesn't see what he likes. I think will all be completely changed. Yeah, it'll be completely changed on Saturday. Like, Marlowe Marlo will be playing with Kadri and, like, I don't know. I don't know. Is there anybody, like, going into camps that you took away my schedule and I don't know what to talk about now? It says, it says, uh... Neilander? It says Neilander. That's all it says. Okay, well, there you go. Hang on a sec. Is there anybody, like... I think what's interesting... Actually, I'll give you a question. If you had to pick between, like, a guy at camp or this season being a bigger breakout, would you choose Kapanen or would you choose Janssen? Janssen. I think Janssen, yeah. I do, too. But it's, it's almost like because he was a first-round pick, because he was, like, the key piece in the Kessel trade, key piece... Was he the key piece? First-round pick? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of got more of like a a name, but I think Kapanen's super flashy too. Like when, like yeah, and really fast. He's really fast. He gets those breakaways and he has those moves and he scored highly real goals. But I like the what what Andreas Johnson did at the end of of last year and in the playoffs more than what Kapanen did. They had him on the they put him out on the power play unit and he made a huge difference. Like it's not very often a guy comes up from the AHL, plays nine games in the NHL, and then you see him on the power play unit 
making that unit better. Well, he was with the Matthews unit, wasn't he? And he was making he was. he was making that unit better, which had struggled for a long portion of the season. So, Justin Bourne, who we're going to have up for the the third segment, third act, the third yeah yeah. Jake was making fun of the fact that I said there were three acts. Sounded like Shakespeare or something. Yeah, I like Shakespeare. <laughs> so we're gonna do we're gonna do three segments. We're gonna breaks in between, um, so everyone can drink more beer. And uh, podcast brought to you by Saki Hall. But what I was gonna say is that when when Born, yeah, Saki Hall of Fame. That's what usually happens. I have to remind myself to mention stuff. So you took away the. It says it says Neil in there. That's all it says. <laughs> what I was gonna say is that Born is the biggest Andreas Janssen fan alive. Like, he was talking about him when he was nine years old in, in Sweden. And I did a story for TSN about him, man, I don't know how long ago. Well, his 2013 draft, five yeah, years ago? It, it was maybe, like, the next year or, or Yeah, it must have been 2014. So, like, it, there's always been, like, this buzz with him. But, like, man, like, he can do a lot. Like, I can see him playing with any of those top centers. I think he can be like a 20-goal, 40-point guy yeah. if he plays with one of the, the better centers. And, He's and the other thing, too, is that so, so in your interview with Babcock, you said that Kadri's going to get the tough minutes at home. Yeah, actually, we should talk about that. That's interesting. Andreas Janssen's good enough defensively. He can play on that line. Well, it'll be Brown, Janssen, and Kadri. Yeah. Probably, yeah. Yeah, which is interesting. And but That, it, it that just, bumps Kappen into the, to the fourth line. But so you guys all know this, and we've talked about this, like, the advantage of having Tavares just means, like, for that alone, like home ice, Kadri will take tough matchups, and that means either Tavares or Matthews is getting third pairs, which is, like, a crazy mismatch. Like, before, wait, wait, to, to finish that point, like, you, we've seen the last couple of years what happens when Bozak and Van Riemsdyk get those matchups. Tavares is a little better. <laughs> well, not only that, but what we've seen in the salary cap era is that a lot of teams have really given money to their top 4D, and their third pair is not very good on a lot of teams around the league. So they're going to really be able to expose teams. And Babcock's such a good line matcher. If you want, I notice watching in the arena more than on TV, as soon as that fourth line of the other team or as soon as that third D pair is on the other team and they've got a, the Leafs have an offensive zone draw, it's one of their weapons that's coming out to take advantage of that. So there's going to be a lot of that. Who do you think is going to be on the fourth line? Center. Parlindholm. Yeah, he really seems... Uh, be careful. Babcock mentions Parlindholm. Be careful about So I was listening to his uh, Babcock's audio from training camp last year, and he was talking about Miro Altonen. I know. Over and yeah, over and was, over that again. that was a manufactured story, and I did not fall for it. But you know what the direct quote was? Miro Altonen is going to play in the NHL. It's just a matter of when. And then it's like, no, he's you not. You know, he just, didn't, he just didn't like Dominic Moore. He did not like Dominic Moore. Which is fine. Do you think, actually, one of the names, and I haven't thought about this a lot, and I should have, and actually it was in your preview for The Athletic, do you think Josh Levo will be here, let's say, on November 1st, or do you think he'll be playing somewhere else? I think he's going to be somewhere else. I do too. Yeah, I think they're going to. What I heard is that they told him, you're not going to be in limbo this year. That's what I heard. Good. Yeah, like, the, the, the sitting in the press box is over for Josh Levo. They're going to. I, he'll either get waived and someone will claim him, or they'll trade him. Or the shitty thing for him is that he hasn't played in like yeah. What trade value would a guy like that have? Just twenty five, twenty four, twenty five. Twenty five. He's twenty five. Twenty five. You haven't played in two years. I'm like, yeah. yeah. They shouldn't Hopefully, have signed that contract. No, they, they should not. Would they sign in December or something? And we were surprised because he had barely played. Yeah, and I remember being completely befuddled. But like, I think honestly, I think Lamorello gave me the impression that it was going to change, which you should not be. That's gullible. 
The crazy thing about the crazy thing about Josh Lebo not getting a chance this year is they don't like yeah, they don't have but, anybody else challenging. But you know what? And you know, there's the misperception that it's Mike Babcock's fault. He didn't, he doesn't have to play him. They just didn't have to keep him. They didn't need to keep him that whole time. That's right. the problem I had with Flamorello. Just well, wave him. It's clear Mike Babcock, who signed to an eight-year contract, does not want to play this guy. And I think that could happen. Bounce him. I think that Give could happen. At the camp, they could wave him. And, then... and that's, I think, will be a difference with Kyle Davis. Are you really excited that players are going to have facial hair? Isn't that exciting? That was a headline everywhere today. Was it? Yeah, that was actually when I go and should I write about it for the when I look at trending topics on Twitter, it was number one. It was a top thing, and it had a picture of Cabby with a beard. I was like, holy cow! He shaved it for today. Oh, funny. Oh, I didn't see him. Should I do a story? No. <laughs> I don't deep dive on who has beards. That's not going to sell. Does it? That's not going to sell any subscriptions. Yeah, no, you never know. Uh, Neander, I wanted one guy to come with just like caveman facial hair. Who do you think would have the best beard if he had this? Well, it might be Cadbury. We know Marlowe can grow a crazy beard. Oh, yeah. He used to in San Jose. Hmm. With, like, crazy... Freddie Anderson thinks it's red. So that makes it better? You're biased. You have a red beard. <laughs> so, Neander's not in camp right now. There's a chance, like, while we're recording this, they could sign a contract. And we'll just have to cancel the show and go write about it. Do you think it's a big deal? Because the more I've thought about it, I don't think it's a big deal. It's a it's important, obviously, the contract they sign into and, and everything like that. But the fact that he's not there. Today, what if he misses all of camp? Is that a big deal? Is it? Be, when we're looking he back might be at, behind. Yeah, but if we're looking back at this two years from now, is it going to be a big deal that he missed two weeks of camp? Yeah. What if he has a bad year? What if he misses all of camp and has a bad year? I, I'm just throwing a lot of hypotheticals at you. I don't even know if we can connect those dots. Like, what, he's not going to have a bad year. He's too good. I think that contract's going to get signed. I still do. I think it's going to... I saw there was talk that he asked for $8 million. I find that very hard to believe. I doubt that. But if, if the Leafs say, we want you for eight years, then maybe he's going to ask for $8 million. That might make sense. I guess you, if you're him, you can look at Dreisaitl and you can say, his yeah. numbers are basically the same as mine. Right. He played with a great center. I played with a great center. Michael got 10. I mean, like the young guys are getting a lot of money right now. And the, I, cap, the cap went up a lot. I was thinking about writing this, but I'll, I'll ask you about it. Actually, we've talked about it, so it's not like it's crazy or anything. But do you think it's risky at all that they haven't signed Matthews or, Neil or Marner? Not Neander. That's obviously getting it done. But like, I think there's some risk in not doing it sooner yeah, rather than later. Just because like, I think Marner could have 95 points. I think Matthews would What if Matthews wins the heart? That's, what I'm, that's the thing. What if they have a big play? Like, that is him. not a crazy scenario. Like Both these things are not crazy. They could happen. And then what? Like, then what's important? Yeah. And I get it, like, in, in, from Kyle Dubas's standpoint, he's thinking, like, if I can save X amount here and I here think what, here. what you're seeing right now is Brandon Pridham and Lawrence Gilman have really high roles in the front office. Lawrence Gilman's known in Vancouver for being able to, like, squeeze those contracts down a little bit and getting everybody to take a little bit less. And, and William Nealander has uh, one of those agents who I've talked to. He's, uh, he's a really shrewd negotiator. So you've got two really smart, well, more than two. I mean, because obviously the Leafs have more than one person on their team, and Lewis Gross, the agent, has more than one. You've got these very shrewd negotiators that are just battling it out right now. And without arbitration to force them to a deal, they're having a hard time compromising. See, you know what? The more I think about the way, and this is not, this is the way it should be. I mean, if No, you, it's not. Like, it's, it's kind of bullshit for players. You get put into the system where basically the team, William Neander's only recourse is to not show up for camp, right? And 
if he doesn't show up by the this December first, yeah, but this if he does, right, but if he doesn't show up by December first, he can't play at all. So like the team has all the leverage for one year. This one this year, one, so his only option then is he to sign should a just sign a one year deal for like if it gets that bad but, and he really wants to play, sign the one year deal. You got arbitration rights. Have a huge season. You go into arbitration. You get a big number. That's how. It's just a shitty system. It's I don't know what's better, but it's not fair. Yeah. Like not only do you not get to choose where you play, like you're forced into this. It's this weird little one-year window where guys out of their entry-level contract don't have arbitration. and It happens a lot that players like this hold out or don't get a contract. Like, it, it's very common. If you were Dubis and, like, Neander put the check across the check, like, he's going to give him the whole money right away. <laughs> that's, Some that's, of the signing bonuses are like that. play along. So he gives him the check. So he's got, like, $15 million You fill it out. You tell me the years. You tell me the money, and I'll take it. What would you put? Wait, you I'm Neander, and I go to you, Dubis, and I say, here's the check. You fill it out however you want. The Dubis puts whatever he so wants? you're obviously going to be fair. Like, let's not be stupid. <laughs> Don't put a dollar. We can't put a dollar. The league minimum is like 600 okay. and something. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think that the fair deal for these two sides to come together on is like six by six and a half or something like that. I think that that's like the compromise position. I don't think either side I, loves that contract. But I agree because I'm high on, like, obviously everyone would be high on Neander. But I don't think, like, I think his floor of what he is is pretty high. Is worth that right now. Right. You know what I mean? So, right. like, I, I, don't, I just don't think there's that much. So, if you're the player that. in the agent, you might say, we don't want to do a long term deal. We only want to do a two or three year deal, and then we're going to hit that home run, you know. Yeah. That's what, like, I, I think I posited to you on one of our podcasts. Like, that would be interesting if, like, one of the really good players, like Matthews, did that. Because that's what they do in basketball, like we've talked about endless times. But to answer, yeah. So what would you, so you'd fill out six years by? 6.3 or 6.4 or something yeah. in that range. It it might end up costing them more than that if they want to get the, the five or the six year deal done. But to go back to what you were talking about with Matthews and, and Marner, there's a huge risk there. For sure. No, and that's, that's, but like, that's why I would get try and get those done too if you can. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not. I think I just don't know what the upside and I don't know what they're asking, but like I don't know what the upside is in pushing it right. to next summer. But if you're the player side, you're probably saying no, we want to wait. Well, and I actually went back and looked at like the last, I think it was the last ten number one picks to see when they got signed, like if they all got signed a year out or like before that summer. And I think it was like six of the ten got signed before. Like you don't see this at where a guy like Matthews... A year before. A year before. Right. Or like, or even six months. Like Ovechkin signed his, I think, in January before he was up. So like you don't see it a ton with guys of Matthews caliber, like Crosby, Malkin, Ovechkin, all signed before. I think that could definitely happen. I think it could happen during the season. Why not? Like, could happen tomorrow. Could happen now. <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> Hopefully we, they don't do we that. We just end the show and run out the back door. <laughs> we'll just... Pull up the conference call and just play that. We'd have something more to talk about than Neil. Well, you're in charge now. You got the list. You want to go on to the next say? thing? Yeah, the, the D pairs. Yeah, next thing says, says D pairs. Yeah. So another question I didn't get to ask, and I think I know the answer, so it's probably good I didn't ask Babcock. Do you expect, I don't think that the pairs are going to, the top two pairs are going to change. Do you think they will at some point? Like, I wanted to know from Babcock how you can think that, I think he's 38, 37 or 38, 30, whatever. Old Ron Hainsey can hold up again, playing 20 minutes a night, again killing five mi penalty minutes a night, 
Like, it just doesn't seem feasible at all. No, and I think part of what we saw in the Boston series is that Hainsey was, like, we, he's 30, whatever. We, we saw him after some of those games, and he was he had nothing left. We're there in the first round. They're in the first, I remember being We were so tired after the, the first round. Being yeah. in the dressing room in Boston, looking at, like, Ron Hainsey looked like death. And what, I don't know, what, 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 what game was it? Game what five? did you look like? And, yeah, well, we were tired, too. But that's because we had to drive from Boston to Toronto in between games. Mark Masters, can, I drove. Mark Masters can recount that journey in the next segment. Yeah, you guys were going to wait for flights, I think. What, what game was that after? Two. Two? Game two. <laughs> I didn't know what No, it was Masters back there. Yeah, so game one and two were in Boston, and then every flight out of there was canceled. And people were, like, doing things like taking a train to New York and trying to get in a flight. And it was like planes, trains, and automobiles. People were, yeah, it was, yeah. You were, I can't remember the character's name. <laughs> So the deep pairs. I'm not John Candy, I know that. Am I Steve Martin? I don't know. I guess I'm Steve, no, you're probably Steve Martin. I'm probably John Candy. <laughs> and that's nerd. You're a little crustier with those things than I am. Um, but so do you expect it to change at some point during the year? I think the problem is there's just not a lot of options. Like there's not a We've lot. We've talked about this a lot this summer. Huh? What do you do on defense? Does someone have an idea? What, what should the Leafs do on defense other than have Ron Hainsey on the top pair? See, Dermot, I think, is an interesting one. What? If you're going to try it, now is the time to try it. Well, that, that was what I was going to ask Babcock. I think, I don't think he will. No, I don't think he will either. I think he should. I think they should try something. Just to give yourself options. Like, if, if you could have your top pair, and I don't know how comfortable they are with Dermot playing the right, but if you went Riley, Dermot, Gardner, Then all of a sudden your second, third pair. Gardner, Zaitsev, and your third pair is like Rosen, Hainsey, or whoever or Hainsey Carrick, or whatever. It's a little better. I don't know. The thing is, like, the important thing, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, it, it doesn't really matter what the D is today. It matters what the D is April, whatever, when the playoffs start. Well, and I can't imagine, if it's a problem, if they don't go into the trade deadline and try to find somebody. But I don't know if anyone's going to, like, what happened last year is there wasn't really anyone available to go get. You know, the, the U, like, yeah, the, I think it, Pierre LeBron better, said that they, if Ryan Ellis would have made it to free agency, the Leafs would have been all over that. Yeah. Yeah. Carl, yeah, Carl. The problem with Carlson. Carlson, right? should we talk about Carlson? We should talk about Carlson, yeah. So, Carlson. What a deal. I, I think everyone in here knows what happened, right? Yeah. We don't deal have, for Ottawa, huh? <laughs> oh, I feel so bad for them. It's a good deal for Leafs fans. Let's put it that way. It's a very good deal for Leafs fans. I was thinking about this the other day. You look at the Atlantic Division. Detroit is terrible. Ottawa is terrible. Montreal is a mess. But Eiserman's going to be great in Detroit. Yeah, okay. But, like, for the next... So, like, the top three teams in the Atlantic make the playoffs. Three of them are brutal and have no chance of making the playoffs. Buffalo's probably going to be a little bit better. Yeah. Florida could be okay. But, like, basically, like, you're going to make the playoffs. Like, the chances of the Leafs missing the playoffs are very, very, very low. Oh, that's... The chances of not finishing in the top three and like being guaranteed, you know. I don't know if you feel the same way, and, and maybe some of you guys do too. It feels like watching what Ottawa is doing is like an extreme version of what was happening here. It wasn't that bad here, but it's like there is no plan. Like, I was thinking, like I was talking, uh, that year they bought out Grabowski and traded for Boland and traded for Bernier and signed David Clarkson. But and that in comparison to this looks okay. Yeah. This is like think about think about this. Like I was I was driving back from the rink with Sammy. Sammy Hoffman, he's he's a Finnish reporter. He covers hockey, he covers the NHL, covers the Leafs. 
And we were talking about it, and like, if you're Ottawa at last year's trade deadline, you know Carlson isn't signing, right? That's, that's clear. You should absolutely trade him then, suck the rest of the year, because you suck, you suck anyway. See what happens with your pick. If it's the first pick, keep it. If it's not the first pick, give it to Colorado. Trade Duchesne in the they summer. Given the pick. Trade Duchesne in the summer. Suck this year and try to get Jack Hughes. Like you, one thing we talk about Shanahan a lot. They put the pieces in place so that they could be lucky to win Matthews. But like, if you don't put those dominoes in place, like you, you yeah, are if, Ottawa. If you don't have a coherent plan, <laughs> if you don't, if you don't have a coherent plan, you're in big, big trouble in the NHL now. Like you, you can't win by accident anymore. You can't. I mean, maybe we can argue Vegas did, but. Yeah. That's special circumstances. Yeah. But God, I just look, like, you look at how good Tampa and Toronto are, and to a lesser extent Boston, and then you look where the other teams are in the Atlantic, it's like, holy crap, how are those teams ever going to catch up? But it's like, think of all the scenarios where the, it could have gone differently for the Leafs. They could have, if Shanahan wanted, they could have kept Kessel. Maybe Kessel scores 30 goals. Maybe they win a few more games. Could have kept enough. Could have kept enough. Maybe they don't get Matthews. And like, the whole ball game is different. We're not talking about them potentially winning a cup for the first time in 50-whatever years, right? Like, it's really easy if you don't do it right to get into a situation where now you're Ottawa, you're going to suck again, and you could potentially lose the number one pick when it's going to be Jack Hughes, which is not that different from when the Leafs, it's a different situation, but when you lose Tyler Sagan. So what's your over-under for attendance for the Senators this year? <laughs> He's so bad. I feel bad. I, I feel terrible for this. It's not going to get better. I feel honestly. terrible. But it's, it's funny, like you could you could see this coming when they went to the conference final. Everyone's coming up with their over unders here. How many is it? Eleven thousand. Ten. Ten. It's got to be clean ten. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's true. Yeah, that's he says the Leafs and the House fans are going to raise the attendance. So let's yeah, say eleven. True. Let's say it's eleven. Man, it's it's hard to get out of that. They need a new building, they need a new owner, they need a new GM, they need new players, they need... They, they need a lot of... I like Ottawa. What would be the I don't want to see that team move. What would be the equivalent of Melnick talking to Borowiecki? Would it be like Larry Tenenbaum interviewing, like... Polak? Polak? Yeah. <laughs> that would not be a good idea. Alright, what else is on Wait, What's this? next? Oh, it just says Nylander again. Does it say the captain team? No, no, no. It says uh, basket backup goalie. We've talked about that a lot. I think it doesn't it actually. Oh, it does say backup goalie. So then it says the bottom of the lineup: the six, seven D, the fourth line. Scratch out PTOs. It says PTOs, but there were there are no PTOs. And then it says who's got a shot? Who's got a shot, Jonas? Anyone out there have a shot? You. I, I could use a shot. Apparently, you're pretty good around the net. I think you're tall. No, no. I mean like a bar shot. Oh, no. Who's, who's got a shot? Do you know who would be interesting for me just because he had a really good playoffs for the Marlies is Callie Rosen. And obviously he made the team last year. He was in the lineup, I believe, opening night. I think he played five games. Four? Mm, Four or five. It wasn't that many. But, like, it was clear after a couple games that he wasn't ready. He was really good for the Marlies. He's really steady. It would have to take some shuffling of the D for him to or be an in the lineup or an injury. Or like Carrick not being very good at camp, or I don't know. I think he could be the seventh. 
Kyle Dubas says over and over and over again that he believes in the D that the Marlies had and thought they were really good and that's why they won the Calder Cup, but be careful about that stuff though, man. I just wonder if this like- This is like what, you gotta be careful like what they say and what they do. I think right? he believes that. I think he believes that some of those pieces on that Marlies D core can contribute to the Leafs. That's true. And I think it, could be, a, I think it could be someone like Callie Rosen or Boardman or but it's, Justin it's, Hall. It could be, be someone that surprises us. See, I'm curious about Hall. Like I could see him being a guy that Mike. Yeah, probably. Talking to your mic. Am I not? <laughs> Sorry. We're Actually, this is the same problem we have doing, doing the podcast, so it's not. No, the problem we have doing the podcast at your house is we have one mic. <laughs> we don't do that anymore. You're lying. <laughs> yeah, so, some, sometimes we just pass your phone. Or if, Actually, that's what we do. That's true. Well, we drink cups of tea. Yeah. James like a, something with caffeine because he's always tired. Um... So is there anyone who comes to mind for you? Like, do you think Ojeganov? Do you think, like... No, I forgot about him. Trevor Moore, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, we're talking about Levo, and I don't know if we finished the thought, but there's not a lot of guys challenging for those bottom spots. Come on, man. It ain't happening. I'm not saying he's going to make I'm saying, if they're not him, who? Who are the 13, 14 forwards on this team? Hmm. Anybody? Any Anderson Lindholm. Well, Anderson is going to be in the fourth line. Grunstrom is going to no, play with the Marlies. Grunstrom, Bracco, like all those guys, they're going to want them playing. Yeah, but would Bracco play four games in the playoffs? Yeah, with the Marlies needs another year. I think Grunstrom is potential. Ennis, yeah, that's Ennis will be on the fourth line. But who's the 13, 14 forward? Juris, maybe. It could be 8D. Yeah, it could be 8D. I could see a defenseman for sure. Didn't they start the year last year with 8D? Because they kept Rosen and Borgman? Yeah. So that could happen for sure. <laughs> well, sorry, but the, uh, so. hey, the goat got a shout out from Babcock today in the press conference. On, so man. he did. I I heard it. I was there. I, I saw think, goat today, and he walked by, and he had a big smile on his what face. Happens? I think that means he's ready. He did. He's still six foot five. He was. He so was. Then he's got shot, he was right? a big goat. Is he taller than you? Or? No, he's about the same height. Yeah, but on, he was on skates. He's better. I wasn't wearing skates at the. I just don't think that's happening. I think that that ball game is. So we don't know who the 13th and 14th forward are. No. That's... Do we know who the 7th, 8th D would be? No. No. I mean, we kind that's of another about competition. That. Yeah. That's the training camp competition. Maybe we should. Maybe I'll write about that tomorrow. Who's going to be the 13th forward? Yeah. There we go. Exciting stuff. There's a headline. Uh, <laughs> all right. The last. That's thing... actually not that crazy. We could actually write about yeah. that. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Okay. We got three minutes left, and okay. then we're, we're going to take a beer break. Do, can we get to the last one? Yeah, so I should ask you this, because while Kyle Dubas was talking this morning, I was talking to Babcock, so I haven't heard what Dubas said today. Did you learn anything interesting? No. Other than, other than he said Tyler Ennis is going to replace Nylander with Matthews. And no beards. He kind of just, yeah. Oh, beards are allowed, I mean. But du Kyle Dubas just kind of like threw that in there. Oh, and Ennis is going to get an opportunity with Matthews. And everyone, that's, yeah. Come that's on. what he said. I know, no, no, sh no shit what he's saying. Yeah, I know, so but they're, they're just going to forget Someone about asked about Ennis, and then that's what he, he's going to play with Matthews. And okay. Great. <laughs> By the way, we should talk about this really briefly. I don't know if you guys saw what Lula Morello said about Tavares. Did everyone see that? I don't like that stuff, man. That's you got a, you got some. You know what he's doing? He's playing to the man. fan base. That fan base. I don't know if you, have you guys read the comments on the Athletic on any Tavares story we do. It is like 
Islanders fans are lighting the comment section on fire, and there's like burning. They, it just said snake in capital letters and stuff. And what like, did he do? They that were was strong. Strong. I don't know. You, you wrote this nice story about John Tavares' parents, and all the comments from our Irish fans are like, I didn't know a snake had parents. And like, it's just like, it's, it's so nasty. The Islanders, and we didn't even like tag at Islanders or anything. They just find the Tavares stuff, and they just like hate, like, and they vote it down, they hit meh. And then the ratings and all your stories are all really low. And, See, I understand being like... The Islanders fans are... Like, that game, when you go there and the Leafs play I mean, in... Killed? I, I, I don't know. I, they better have extra security around John Tavares because, like, some some people... Those people are, like, losing. I have a hard time with that stuff. It's way over the like, top. Like, I'm a Raptors fan. I didn't hate Chris Bosch when he left to Miami. I'm like, eh, I kind of get it. Like, he played with LeBron. The decision. Okay. Yeah, like, I get it. This, like... I, I just don't get how you can be mad at him. Like, he stayed for nine years. You... They were bad six of the nine years. Management and ownership with the Islanders blew that so badly. I just they, think Lamarillo You have has, to go to the player and say at the trade deadline, Son, here's your contract. That doesn't happen in hockey. That happens a little bit in basketball. It doesn't happen in hockey. They, they had to force a decision. Yeah. At some point. I just think, like, Lamarillo, like, they, you're, you're a one to talk. They I'm had sorry. to know when Tavares is doing that whole dog and pony show in LA and talking to every team. Yeah, but like that there's maybe, like a decent chance he leaves. But there's a decent chance he stays. I know, but would you be saying this stuff if he stayed? That's great, he stayed, but we haven't won anything. <laughs> I Come on. I just don't like that stuff. I don't I Well, we were talking I mean I thought Lamarillo did a poor job in those comments. I just don't think that's Yeah, well, I, I just think he's reading the room that the Islanders fans are like because they're gonna be bad and so like now you're you're playing to well, the they got un- they he's got doing a, Trump. They got Uncle Leo and Matt Martin and <laughs> Uncle Leo's gonna light a hat trick up on the Leafs when they play. <laughs> Alright, I think that's the end of the first segment. Thank you for coming. Get a beer and we'll be back in fifteen minutes. <laughs> Who needs a beer? I got four beers. Anyone, who wants a beer? Here, grab, grab a beer. It's Caribou. It's good. Alright, so welcome back to the podcast. Yeah. Brought to you by the Stocky Hall of Fame. All the lights are on. Woo! So we have, a, we have a special guest to bring out. Yeah, he asked for a theme song, so I'll play what he asked me to play. <laughs> okay, yeah, here, right, we go. Ready? here we go. Here we go. Middle, middle, middle. Mark, I love that you wore your costume. I love that you wore your costume. There's Mark Masters from TSN, and the reason they know who I am. The DMX fan. And you're you're welcome. The the reason he's dressed like this is because he's always dressed like this. No, that's not true. He came straight from the ring. He's been at the ring. We're working today. What time did you get there this morning? Six a.m. We, are you serious? You're lying. No. You didn't get there. What time? You probably he, got there at he, like 8, 7? Uh, 8.30 today. 
Do you have a live hit? It's about an hour before the Live hit? No. What? Okay, we're crazy, but we're not that you, crazy. Come on. You we live hits at 7 a.m. Yeah, on trade deadline days. Yeah, right. this is way different. The thing that's 5 a.m. in the West Coast that one year. So you were there 8.30 8 until when did we leave? You probably right when I came here at 6.30. Yeah, that's yeah. a long day. Yeah. I left that's about... That's worked that way. I think I left at 11.30. Do it for the fans. <laughs> Masters Nation? Are there, is there any Masters Nation? It's the whole crowd. You're welcome. It's, the we, tickets were down in the, in the toilet before I got announced <laughs> as a, a special guest. So, you're welcome. It's so funny because Mark does the stand-up on TSN and you got to be kind of straight-laced and everything, but in person, this is actually what he's like. And he's probably the funniest guy on the whole beat, so... Yeah. We got stuck in it in a car with him for a 10-hour drive from Boston, and it was, uh... You were the comic relief. Yeah. You were in the back seat, right? Yeah, it was my first appearance on the podcast. <laughs> you remember my big contribution? They, they just, well... Oh, yes, God, that was that was Steam Pams! Steam Pams! Sorry? Yes. Yeah, yeah. The way she's here, Robin. Where is Robin? She's flying coach backstage. She's at the back. Oh, she's back there. Okay. Yeah, she's back there right. somewhere. Supporting me. But I love how that as is. Always. How long ago was that? Like two years ago? Three? Much longer, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that was. You're uh, never going to live that down. No, no. I get that everywhere. You I go should. to Paris for the French Open and the French. Uh, oh, Mark. Uh, hey, uh, who's the guy who left his wife in the kettlebell? <laughs> and that, that was, was you. And you guys all laughed it up, and he was using you. And me. He admitted it in Craig okay. Dustin's book. Said I, I don't want to rehash old wounds, but yeah. did she say, yeah, go ahead, honey? Yes, She's, of course. Yeah. You can ask her. Here's That's what my wife back. would do, too. So, yeah, you know, the jerk move is actually doing it and yeah. not, <laughs> not being nice and giving it to your wife. I'm working X hours a day bringing quality Leafs content to the masses. He's paying for all the Do I not deserve some warm nuts? Yeah. <laughs> Do I not deserve to let my legs come Do you want to know the truth Who's about Mark in first class? If it wasn't for that snake Chris Cuthbert, everyone would, you know, be fine. But Mark my is, wife had to sit beside Cece. Yeah, but see, the issue is, when Mark is in first class, Mark doesn't order a drink. It's business class. Mark doesn't get food. Mark sleeps the whole time. I don't sleep in business Yeah, class. all those free beers are Mark's because he won't drink them backstage. Because I, uh, I want to have a clear mind no, okay. for the people. Well, okay. How do you think I have such a large following? You're anyway. just, you're just, you're just... You're just worried about what's coming in the next 10 minutes. That's right. Trivia. Trivia. Well, that's the only reason I'm here. Trivia. Trivia is coming. I feel like this is like the Jimmy Connors U.S. Open. Give them what they want. I feel like they came here for okay, trivia. You're taking a quota on tennis references. That's when's tennis why? talks? Is there such a thing? Uh, you got to talk to Kevin about that. Get that organized. Yeah. Yeah. Start the podcast. But to be fair, you have taken an unfair brunt of the trivia criticism. It was a team. We lost. We're, we we. So hopefully today, so what we're going to do is we're going to bring someone up from the crowd in a little bit to be James's partner and go against Mark and myself. Based on our car ride uh, from Boston, he doesn't need any help. He destroyed us. But I you do want wine? Help. Is that what you want? At this point, I'm pretty sure your son would be better than us based on his dollars. <laughs> Just, but, we uh, we did have some questions that my son knew that, that I think you didn't get the one question. He knew right? who Nirvana was, that was for sure. Well, my son, doesn't know, my son doesn't know that. He's three. Yeah. It was like the closest planet level. to the sun or something. It was it's, like some ridiculous thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you got that wrong. Uh, All right, but wait. So before I, I, I have a trivia, I want to make an announcement. Oh. I mean, that's the whole point I came here, not to be on the podcast. Uh, I wanted a, a platform to speak directly to the people. That wasn't overdrive, right? Because obviously... <laughs> they won't have you on. We're, we're not as hostile. I, my non-trivia-related uh, appearances on overdrive is, is not high, but... Uh, <laughs> 
obviously the people know that Jonas and I are just love trivia, you know. I mean, if we could quit uh, our jobs and just play trivia, we'd probably do that. So we wouldn't speak. make a living because we suck. Right, that's the problem which we are exposed for. And I, uh, after our second defeat to uh, Brian Hayes and uh, Theo Dog Jeff O'Neill, most to say his name. no. He whose the, name he was not it. it was mostly it was mostly he's like Voldemort here. Okay. It was basically Hayes. Uh, o Dog was wearing a helmet, but. Uh, <laughs> I was listening to my radio screaming at it when you guys were up. And I really wish you. <laughs> I got your time. How didn't you know Tessa Bonham played defense? I cracked under the intense pressure. Did she send? You I was the one who okay, stood okay. up and said, Did "I you, will I, do the shootout," and uh, you were. Wait, Hyperventilating. Get to your announcement. There's enough, enough lollygagging. What's your announcement? The announcement is after we lost our last trivia competition, uh, I announced that uh, I was walking. I was walking away, uh, and I was no, like Barry Sanders. I right was, on top. Yeah, not quite. But uh, uh, I just, you know, I felt a little burnt out. You know, I love trivia, and then losing and being humiliated like that. Uh, Wait, the funny thing is, we actually. When the one time we did it on the road, which was in Nashville, which is the, why the whole thing started, we actually did come last on that too. You're not helping, Jonah. So <laughs> I was uh, feeling pretty low, and I walked away, and I had a great summer. Reported to camp today in the best shape of my life. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I just tuned out trivia all summer. Didn't do any trivia, and I feel refreshed, and I'd like to announce today that I am returning to competitive trivia this season in the hopes of winning back the belt from Brian Hayes and, a lesser extent, uh, the other guy, Voldemort. Yes, and, uh, you know, they keep saying they're going to take on Ray Farrell and Chris Cuthbert. I'm pretty sure that's never going to happen, uh, just based on their travel schedule. So I think that bumps us up in the queue to the next one. So I'm sure they're watching this live on the stream. You have the guts to show up, but uh, <laughs> Hayes and O'Daga, we're coming for you again. Jonas, I assume you're in. I didn't run it by you, but yeah, maybe, yeah maybe there you, you go. Maybe we're you start back. a win streak here tonight, and that vaults you into the, yeah. Well, but so wait, 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 wait. I just said I haven't done it all summer. So before we get to trivia, let's talk a little bit of Leafs. Oh, yeah. So you did, so, sorry the, if I was knocking it, but you did a story today about the captaincy. And it's the not alternate captaincy. <laughs> Jesus. Don't, you're hurting yourself by saying that. It is a deal of some kind. Like, it's not completely meaningless. It's like, one, explain why there's importance to it. <laughs> Basically, explain your story. Why does it matter? Why did my yes, day of today That should be a segment. You should why be on the Sports Center. Why does it matter with Mark Masters? Uh, today, we're going to talk about beards. Yeah, why that was matter? a big story. That could have been the story, too. Uh, Save that for later. Well, yeah, there's lots of time. Training camp. That's. I feel like we... You know, go crazy on the first day. There's so many possible things you could do, and then it's like three days, and you're like, everything's been done. But uh, especially when you're showing up in August to yes. their skates. Yes. Well, summer skates. Some of us have work ethic, Jonas. They're not <laughs> harassing John Tavares's family, but uh, I love. I am there watching them skating in circles, looking good in scrimmage. I asked this yeah, guy's here again. God, why would he leave? Babcock was razzing. I was like, "What are you doing here?" Like, actually, got mad at me for wearing a suit. Or not mad at me, but he's I watched one of your videos from there that was online. Ah! And I knew it. 
And you're like, no. Ice chips. You said no. Everyone declined to talk to me today. And you still, you still did the video, which basically These said a bunch of Leafs crazy. are skating around. None of them would talk to me. T Mark Masters, TSA. That was pretty much. That was, and, and that got more clicks than this entire podcast. I was like, why did I click listen. on this? Yeah, why did you? Because it's Leafs Nation. It doesn't have to make sense. I missed you. Is. I missed you. All right, the captaincy. So the tell me why, why it matters. Why are we? We're going down the wrong hole here, aren't we? You that's think it kind of what the podcast is. No, but that's a lot of rabbit. <laughs> we should address it. Like it's just, it's not completely. This is my like James. I asked Babcock about it. It's not totally. He asked him. It's not just the most important thing of training camp. Oh, it kind of is. No, it's not. Uh, okay, so they, well, Drager broke it, right? I mean, it wasn't a huge, I don't think it was going to be the story, obviously. Well, easy with broke it. Like, well, it's not the first time I saw it. Actually, it's not water. I have a funny you're sad that your one-on-one -on -one with Babcock was after his. You missed it this close, Jonas. It was on your list of questions. Yeah, I anyway, know. But uh, Drager broke it. Uh, and, uh, as per usual. And I talked to Jonas after, he did the one-on-one -on -one with Babcock after the, yeah. I talked to Jonas, he's like, I got great stuff, he told me who the alternates are going to be, and I was like, yeah, that's already on Twitter. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh no, life on the leaf speed. Forget it, let's just not publish it. If you it's thought about it, it just was tweeted. That's basically the leaf speed. But, uh, uh, well, so, uh, obviously the captaincy is, a, is just kind of a mythical thing, right? I mean, especially for an original season thing. Is it mythical the right word? Well, it's not like there's a, a magic to it, I guess. Like a creature. Well, yeah, I guess not. Mythical, is, it, is that the right word? No. I don't mystical. know. There's, there's mystical. Mystical? Traditional? Traditional. I, there's something added to it. Like, if the Leafs one day win the Stanley Cup, could happen, uh, someone's going to get the cup, right? So, I mean, who's that person going to be? And yeah, I've heard Patrick you guys talk about it. Patrick Patrick probably, no, but who will accept it from the commission? Well, right now, he's an alternate captain because that was named today in a big news story. Yeah, but you know what's going to happen in a big news story. Huge <laughs> news story. It led SportsCenter on the day of the Carlson trade. Was it on the top no, of the TSN all page? It did not. Was it on the top of the... Okay, well, the Carlson trade is obviously... That's a little bit more ...similar at the same time, but it probably would have been right up there. But why does it matter? To show of hands, do people care who the captain of the Leafs is? I think they... No? Yeah. And they're really dying about it in the room. They're like, what are we going to do? It's hard to see. It's pretty bright under these There's lights. There's nobody wearing the seat. Pretty, Mark Chart. pretty Mark. sure 90% of the hands yeah. are. Yeah. Let's, move, let's, move, wait, let's move wait, on. Wait, 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 wait. Let's move on. Come on. I'm not making fun. I actually want to talk about More it. More people said they wanted to hear about it. But wait, I do want to talk about <laughs> That's my constituency. That's why we're moving on. No, but one thing I thought that Babcock did say that was interesting is like... <laughs> I'm just going to drink over here. He said yeah, he's going to meet... You guys, you guys dig he a hole. He said he would meet with... A leadership group. So maybe that's how it's a little different without a captain. I guess. And he named a whole list of guys, right? Like he said yeah. there's layers of leadership and whatnot. But Kadri. Kadri was on the yeah. list. He's been wanting that for a while. Uh, and uh, Gardner was on that list. And Matthews was down below. I think there's a whiff of interest in it because how did last season end? Matthews and Babcock, were they on, on the same page? And then... There, you know, he, this in, is how in, he's going to get in, it back. In his one-on-one -on -one, uh, story, on uh, that one-on-one -on -one interview that Matthews did with you, which I read on tsn.ca, uh, good to see it back. Um, you know, he said he would be open to it, right? Like he said, he's ready for it if they give it to him. He didn't poo-poo it, you know? Sounded like a, you know, a head nod towards, like, he would take it, he would want it. Yeah. And now he doesn't even have a letter. So I think a lot of people, did people think he was going to get an, I thought he was going to get an alternate captain. I never thought that for a second. No, okay. Never. Yeah. I thought they were going to get Matthews. Because you're on record saying he'll be the captain next All that's yeah. going to happen is next fall they'll just name a captain. Anyway, let's move on. Okay. <laughs> Trivia time? 
It's always trivia time. Andrew, right. our All producer. Right. Thank you. All right. He's going to be the MC. So we need someone to come up. Who wants to do trivia with and me? And James's and partner. smoke these guys. James is not very good. Yeah, at least there's a guy in the middle right here. It's an alternate captain jersey. Joffrey Lupul. Joffrey Lupul, alternate captain. I did email Joffrey Lupul and say I wanted to talk to him. And he did, he you did should not, have invited him to the podcast. He did not respond, so I don't know if we're ever going to get the Joffrey Lupul story. Let's meet this guy. He's brave soul. Oh, my, my wife bought me this jersey. So. It's a nice jersey. Come on. Yeah, Sounds like a very nice port. Lupul didn't do anything wrong. Uh, my name's Tom. My name's Tom. Tom? Okay. What sort of background do you have in trivia? <laughs> Excellent background. Can we get someone new? My entire life. <laughs> I don't think we're doing Leafs quest. So this isn't hockey trivia. This <laughs> won't help you at all. Send me off the stage. So our, trivia is, our trivia is like random nonsense. That's what we do. I don't know why. Actually, if you ask my friends who I'm here with, they'll say I'm probably just pretty good at that. All right, here we go. Uh-oh. <laughs> you better bring your A-game. All right, Andrew. Bring oh, wait, 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 wait. Who's, well, who's we first? Can we explain the rules? Well, like, yeah, yeah, okay. So you can all explain right, the explain rules. You're the trivia guru. I have to explain the rules? Sure, yeah. you're the guest. No, you see our podcast. Aren't we doing with steals? I'm doing you a favor. <laughs> all right, listen up. Here's the rules. Take control. All is this right. even a two I offered, just to clear the record, I offered to like run this whole segment. And they're like, no, oh, we won't do hockey trivia. Tom, Let's they're already the capital gone. of Ecuador. Oh. Down a rabbit hole, right? Yeah, they're in trouble here. All right, so we're going to go with two teams, Team Jonas and Team Myrtle. Jonas. Because that's just it. They're the hosts, okay? This is, you are a guest. <laughs> I was listening back to Masters. Yes. You gotta be taken down a special notch here, guess, okay? Right? You know, team Jonas it is. <laughs> Highlighted as Wait, right and so there. we're gonna ask ten questions and whichever team has the most points by the end of ten questions wins. Are we doing the steal? We are doing the steal. In the car? Yeah, okay. Yeah, so explain the steals. I actually don't know what it means. So we'll alternate who gets a question. You guys you guys can have first question. We'll, we'll, Thank you. we'll take a knee and you can have the first one. It's a disadvantage, you, don't do it. If you get it wrong, we get a chance to, to steal. And if we steal, we get two points. Okay. And vice versa. Because we could steal. And you get like you get about a minute to come up with your answer. I don't know right. if I like the steal thing. I think the steal should just That's be what one we did point. In the car. I know I you ran up the score and it was over in five minutes, and we still have ten hours That's to good. go. Then we can go back to talking about the captaincy again after that. Good. We should. Alright, ready to go? I would ask the crowd to keep score. Is that all right? Yeah. All righty. Number one. What is the name for a male bee that comes from an unfertilized egg? <laughs> this is us or them? Tom's got this. Yeah. Uh, can you we don't the question. Shot. Use it in a sentence. <laughs> what is the name for a male bee that comes from an unfertilized egg? Myrtle knows everything. Pass. Can we, can we do that? We have to, can we ask the audience? Does anyone in the audience? Just raise your hand. This isn't who wants to be a Does anyone in this building know what that is? Come on, let's. Mr. B? Mr. B. Mr. B is incorrect. It's better than pass. No. You throw a Hail Mary. It's in better than pass. Mr. B. Your guys. Okay, we're going to say Worker B. Not bad, but it's a drone. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Oh, that's good. Zero, zero. We'll take it. <laughs> Which music... You guys are up. Yep. Team Myrtle. Team Tom. Yep. Tom and Myrtle. Here we go. Which yeah. musician is often called the fifth Beatle? Oh, that's easy. We did this in our trivia. Practice rounds. Eric Clapton. 
I think we no. can Oh, I don't know this. I didn't even know. I know this guy's name. All right, Jonas, you're a pop culture guy. Yeah, it is easy. I know this. You've got three seconds. Wait, what? There's no time on this thing. You can't just bring in rules. I'll argue you come up with it. This is a disgrace. This is sexist. Like the U.S. Open. Are they going to get to 10 before Good the show people, ends? I can't remember. We did this in practice in Chicago. Yeah, telling him that we practice trivia is not I think that's zero. time. We got it. Pete Best. Oh, Pete yeah. Best. Pete Best. Pete Best. That's embarrassing. Sorry. This is why I don't want to do it. These people, their idea of us is going down. And don't take it up with me. It's a trivia. We're going with the crappy out. website question, so let's. You're up. Pete Best was a Beatle. He wasn't a fifth Beatle. You're a guest on this stage. Uh, you know what? I'm giving it to Tom. Leave my partner alone. Who says that? Team Myrtle. Eric Clapton was a fifth Alright, let's keep going. Back to us. How many humps does an Arabian camel have? Come on. Well, I know Sally the camel has two. How many humps two. does a normal so Sally has two. An Arabian camel? It must have three. Right? Three humps? Maybe it's one. Wednesday is the third day of the week. It's hump day. I... Let's go one. One hump? One. Big, one. Big, big. Final no chance for a steal, guys. Sorry. That's uh, one, one point, point for... Uh... That was correct? That was correct. Yes! We're back! Myrtle Trails. Yeah, we're going to... What are we playing to? Ten? Yeah. No, no, no. Three. We have, we've got three questions. We'll do ten questions. What are we at here? Whatever shortens the game, I support. One nothing. The Grand Slam tournaments are the four most important annual events in which two sports? Oh, we got this. Tennis and golf. You got it. One what? We got like what's a work of men be? This is what happened on Overdrive. <laughs> the fix is in. Do you know Jeff O'Neill? I do, yes. Where was the fortune cookie invented? I actually know this. New York City, final answer. No! Wait, he didn't say final answer! He didn't say final answer! He didn't say final We have to confirm. Are you sure? I guess we should talk it out here, because this is a live audience. <laughs> this is going to be the best it, part of the podcast. To, to have us whisper to each What other. do you think it is? I have absolutely no I idea. I thought it was New York City. It's warmer than New York City. I feel like San Francisco, maybe? Do it. Do it. San Francisco? Final answer. San Francisco, final answer. Incorrect. It's Vegas. California. Wait, they're not... That's they're, what they're I said! <laughs> Sorry, I ruined that one. No chance to steal, guys, but I had a feeling you weren't yes. going to get it anyway. Wait, what happened? Where was Did it? you have California there? Wait, what? California is the answer. San Francisco's in California. Okay, so do you I think California or San Francisco? I, we got the question. We got it. It's Two right. nothing. Two Move nothing. on. All right. No, we have one, actually. Two one. Yeah, I don't, this is terrible. You get half a point for that question. Grand Slam? Okay, five questions to go, right? Two one. Two one. Two one. one. I nailed it. The ancient Greek statue Aphrodite of Milos, maybe I'm saying that wrong, better known as Venus de Milo, is currently on display in what museum? Uh, 
Hurry up. Talk into the mic. Let's go. Embarrass yourself like right. us. We're going to say it's the lube. You got it. Right on. Wow. Was that Tom or Myrtle? I got to know. We knew that as well, by the way. <laughs> we were going to say that. I mean, we didn't know if it was right, but that was our guess. Two all? Two two. With four questions to go. What was the first feature film originally presented with sound? You're not gonna get it. <laughs> this did come up in our practice too. We all did, but we weren't really paying attention. We should never do trivia practice in a bar. Is it Pinocchio? Someone in the crowd actually knew that. I heard that. Already. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay, we. It's not Pinocchio. So we don't know. <laughs> the, the, There's like a really old version of one of these movies. Uh, I don't know. You're way uh, off. Uh, the sound picture. <laughs> Pretty No. That wasn't it. Steel? Steel. What did you guys say? Nothing. You can't. No, don't tell. No Pay attention. It's your podcast. <laughs> it's like, yeah. We don't know. We're just going to say uh, Gone with the Wind. That's not a... The answer <laughs> is the jazz singer. I did hear oh, that. Oh, who knew that? Is that... Is that what is that? Is the that jazz Charlie Chaplin singer. Or what is that? I guess that'd be a good movie to have wow. sound. <laughs> the jazz singer. Wouldn't want to see that right. in a silent picture. You guys are up? Anthony Jerome Spud Webb retired from what professional oh, sport in 1997? Oh. Basketball. You got it. You guys are in trouble here. This is... Audience, yes. the score three to two. Is that right? Like momentum has swung. One question each. Tap there are two more the questions remaining. Tap tap tapping. So you guys, that's an easy question. Why are we getting all the hard ones? All right, go to the next one. Make you sure you got an easy one here. Maybe. Which team won the National Football League's first Super Bowl? I don't know that. First, <laughs> first Super Bowl. Was this Joe? Was it? Was it Joe Namath? Was he guaranteed it? Was that him? Could be. I don't know. It's. Packers, Jets, Packers. No, Packers. maybe it was the Colts. Packers. It's got to be the Packers. Packers? Does everybody know what we don't? Okay. Just assume that they know. Packers, final answer. You got it. Yes. We got a tie game here. Bart and there's one. Cheese for everybody. I love it. One question left here. Myrtle did not <laughs> so wait, wait, wait. In this situation. It's 3-3, three, three, so yes. if they get this, they win, and if we steal, we win, and otherwise wait, it's is a this tie. Last question? There's yeah. no shootouts. I tried to tell you guys not to take first pick. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Game seven. The two best words in trivia. What is the world's largest ocean? Oh Pacific. You got it. Oh. Oh, boy. Oh, I told you we should have done Leafs trivia. It would have been way better. Spud, biggest ocean. So I had a good, Grand slam. I had a good Leafs trivia You're question. very proud of yourself. Can I throw a Leafs trivia question at you? Do it. Who did the Leafs trade Ken Clee for? Which prospect? At a trade deadline. Who did the Leafs... Somebody don't look, there, don't look it up. For sure. Bob. Yeah, they know. Yeah. Oh, very good. Whoever knew that, someone back there knew Let's that. bring the Babsauce guys up here. There we go. No, no, it was someone out here named Sugo Bob. Yeah, that's very good. All right. Well, thank you, Joe. Wait, wait, wait. So the podcast is brought to you by the Saki Hall of Fame. <laughs> Caribou, Puck Talks. Thanks, Tom. Thank you.
And we're going to come back with Justin Bourne, and we'll take some questions if you have any from the audience. So we'll be back in like 15, 15 minutes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. This is underwhelming. Where are you, Jake? It is time for the Saki Hall of Fame. Woo! Jonas, Jonas, what's your favorite sock of this Saki Hall of Fame that you've seen? I actually haven't seen them all. Didn't you? Well, what did you see like in the, the ones we posted? I think I like Wayne, right? Yeah, the Gretzky one. I don't think we, we didn't post the Gretzky one. Is it up on the site? The, the Gretzky one is meant to be a, currently a secret. Top, top secret. <laughs> it's actually not a really it, it looks amazing, though. When it comes out. That's the one. It might look amazing. I have no idea. It doesn't exist. So you're not supposed to know the Gretzky ones that exist. Okay. Put your, your Twitters away. Right. Put your Twitters away. Um, no, no. I think I think the Bobby Clark is probably our strongest new face. I, I would think. pick Lanny. Because it's got the hair. That is a good one, right? Lanny's it's amazing. Why does Lanny have a helmet and no one else does? Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna borrow this. Mustache speaks for itself. I'm gonna borrow this from a comment on the athletic article. Is that someone said? Uh, because Lanny wears his flow on his face. <laughs> <laughs> I like Wait, it. James, you have to introduce them. It's Jake and Tom. Yeah, Jake and Tom, the creators, Sorry, all fame, creators, Bab Socks. Of, creators of Bab Socks. They have sold 400,000 Bab Socks. 400,000. That is ridiculous. Well, it is when, you that that number, Babcock. when you told me that number, I was like, what? Yeah, 40, I mean, that means that like what percentage of Ontario is walking around wearing bab socks? It's a really good. I don't know, I'm not going to do any quick math up here. Um, but there were, were really 375,000 pairs of beer cases across Ontario. Yeah, so that that number's so a little heavily skewed. skewed. Yeah, 375 of those are in Molson beer cases. You know, like Babcock bought a bunch too, right? Yeah, Babcock loves this. He said he claims he's never worn a pair, but he hands them to everybody he knows, right? So. Can you imagine handing your own socks to the people? Now you can wear me. There's nothing more prestigious. Like, you know, hats, shirts, like, yeah, everybody's got a hat and a shirt these days, but, you know, very rarely. Yeah. Myrtle necks? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyone would rock a myrtle neck, like, long sleeve? <laughs> the only one that's going to buy that is my wife, I think. And even then, I don't know. I think that makes it even cuter. Like, I'm in now for sure. I don't know if that's weird. <laughs> all right. Do you so guys, guys want to yeah. talk about the Saki Hall of Fame at all? Do you have anything you want to say? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the Saki Hall of Fame is it's exactly what it sounds like. It's uh, the NHL's greatest players on socks. Um, <laughs> what else would it be? Um, Myrtle was, uh, you know, did a story on what we're trying to accomplish with it. I mean, obviously for us, it's a, you know, it's our business, and um, we're having a lot of fun with it. But also, we've teamed up with the NHL alumni, um, and we're happy to help with our mission of supporting players who are having a harder time supporting themselves these days. I mean, it's easy to get caught up in the glitz and glamour, but there are a lot of ex-players, whether they played in the '90s, 2000s, '70s, '80s, or '60s. There's a lot of ex-players who are struggling, and the alumni have a bold and strong and passionate mission statement to help those players. So um, the Saki Hall of Fame is also going to be a big part of that with a bunch of other initiatives to assist those players to, you know, get things back on track and make their lives a little easier. Well, How guys, wait, I remember you, when we met for beers in the summer, you were explaining it to me that one of the emphasis of it was that the stars weren't just like the guys who were going to take. Like, they wanted to really, like, help everyone. Can you kind of... Yeah, so um, 
essentially, actually, you know, when you talk about what they're doing there, it's the stars are lending. A lot of these guys could get their own shock deals, you know, on their own if they wanted to. I don't know how much they think about it, but they could. They could have talked to us. Um, but what they do is they lend their likenesses to big stars. They lend their likenesses to this um, so that guys who didn't, you know, enjoy, you know, the same luxuries that they did playing hockey, um, who are now retired, get to, you know, have an easier life going forward. So. It's like, you know, everyone's chipping in, especially all the big stars are chipping in all together to make sure that there's a few extra bucks kicked back to guys who really need it, who are alumni. Um, guys whose names that even like, you know, the savviest hockey minds in this room might not know. So um, they're, they, they exist and they're out there. So explain how the subscription works. There's gonna, this is gonna be a subscription to... Uh, so basically the way that the subscription model is gonna work is uh, you sign up for it and once a month, you're gonna get a legend in the mail and it's gonna be a big surprise. And uh, I think the unique thing about the alumni program is uh, it's, it's more about celebrating the game that we love than the team that we support. So, you know, we could walk out of here, we're all Leaf fans, I'm assuming. Yeah, I'll admit it, Tom and I are Leaf fans. <laughs> I'll, I'll but you it. know what, I wouldn't be ashamed to walk out here with a pair of Stan Makitas. You know, so it's just like a, it's a, it's a, it's a toast to the legends and, and, you know, it's the game that we all love. So I think that's what's really kind of unique about the alumni program. So we're going to give away the first ever subscription to the Saki Hall of Fame. How are we going to give it away? How are we going to decide who gets it? I think Jace got a cheeky question. Yeah, so in the spirit of trivia, um, and so, so you I... Take, take hands and yeah, just so don't shout it out. Put yeah, up don't shout it out. I was a parks and, sit, parks and rec worker for a long time teaching programs to children, so hands up quietly, um, everybody, and I will pick you at random. Uh, so the question is simple. Um, according to the final game sheet, who got the primary assist, who assisted, sorry, on Matt Sundin's 500... Game-winning goal in overtime against Calgary. That was certainly the first hand to come up. Keep us? I wish, because it's so cool, but it's not. <laughs> the next hand I saw was right here. Sorry. Hal Gill? Not Hal Gill. I think you got, I don't know if you got an assist with the Maple Leafs. It's interesting. <laughs> All right, right in the middle there, you got the glasses on your shirt. Coverlet? Not, not, not Coverlet. Coverlet, Thomas. Okay, so, is it just men with their arms up? I want to try to diversify this. Any, any, any ladies think they know the answer? I got a quick, I got a quick. Oh, yeah, sorry, right there. Uh, Alex McGillney? No, so, it's a trick question, by the way. It's a trick question. Oh, nice. Matt Gager? Nope. <laughs> Unassisted. Unassisted, there we go. It's unassisted, come on up. Who yelled it out? Someone yelled it out. Yeah, no worries. It's all good. There you go. So it's in the spirit of the sock, y'all famous. I just want you to unwrap yeah. it. Tell, tell us who you got. Did you pick that random for you? Oh, it was a turnover in the neutral <laughs> Peter Forsberg. Peter Forsberg. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for being a longtime sponsor of the podcast. You guys, you guys are part of the reason why the podcast exists, so we thank you. Thanks, guys. Go, let's go.
Alright, we're happy to have out next, you know him as the former Marley's video coach, <laughs> Justin Bourne. Should I get him? Just finish your beer, Justin, and get Justin Bourne. I'll go get him. Middle, yeah. And should we bring back Masters or no? Yes. No. <laughs> what do you guys think? All right, Mark, you can come back. Mark? Well, he went, he didn't know he was going to be coming back, so. I thought he did. Yeah, somebody did. No, does he? He's he dying did. to come back. I still can't believe you got the man bee question wrong. Old thing's rigged. So we're, right. we're doing more trivia, right? No, no, no. So Justin just came right from the airport. So we are very thankful that he could be here. Unfortunately, his grandmother Rose passed away and he had to fly to Saskatoon suddenly. So he came here right from that. So That's thanks so, so important. Thanks so much. To me for, thanks so much here. for coming to us. You could have totally canceled, but we appreciate it. Okay. It's good we have the sheet, so we know what to talk about things. <laughs> All right. Do we, now, we'll get to Neilander. We'll get to some of that stuff. That's Marley not, with the so. best chance to make jump this James. season. Jeez. <laughs> All right. But you can't, you can't include your boy, Andreas Janssen. So of, he's not even a Marley anymore, is he? No, he doesn't count. Exactly. So of, like, Grunstrom, Moore, Rosen, Borgman, Sparks. Actually... Sparks, should we count Sparks? I don't know. Yeah, yeah he's, he's in there. Yeah, but okay, who's the most likely to play a significant role this year? I think there's a, a heavy bias to, towards your own prospects, and you always look at your prospects and, and convince yourself, like, we, we got a good one here. I, I think the good ones are kind of, you know, we pick the good berries off the crop for the most part. Uh, Grunstrom is probably the guy for me. Well, Sparks, if we're counting him, I, I think he'll definitely be on the team. But Grunstrom, to me... Uh, seeing him with the Marlies, like, he's everything that Babcock loves. He'll hurt you, he'll tell you to fuck yourself, he'll score six goals. He's just, just the right amount of nasty. He's a new Leo, right? Yes, that's exactly like it. Better offensively, probably? Yeah, yeah, he's got more more skill around the net, better hands, uh, you know, there's there's value there in him, and if he can take that step, he's probably the most likely one to be. But he's not going to make the team this year. No, no, yeah, I, I so no, not out of the gate. I mean, if you look at the the spots, there's like there's there's not spots. I One mean, spot on the center spot. But I don't know. Center. I don't know if you guys feel the same. I could see a scenario where midway through the year, maybe there's injuries. Maybe someone like maybe Ennis is work not working out. I don't know. He would maybe be the guy like mid season, yeah. like if he's having a good. There's sort of the uh, the Dermot plan, right? Where, yeah, you exactly. know, sort of, same thing. Yep. Like, you know, let them have a, have a good start and be important in the American League and get their confidence up. And if there's an injury, he, he to me, is the next guy that'll, you know, fill that spot. So Kyle, in his press conference today, again, said the same thing that he's been saying for a while, that he believes that there's answers to the Leach problems on D with the Marlies. Is that just him being like... Oh, yeah, we didn't mention Justin Hall, which we... Yeah, I well, should... I didn't finish
it's kind of real. I think Vegas changed everything where, you know, you kind of look at that team and there's all these guys that Nate Schmidt and, you know, obviously now he's suspended, but not a great example. But, um, you know. <laughs> well, William Carlson. Tainted me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All, all these guys that haven't got a shot. And I know when I was with the Marlies, uh, Kyle was always pushing Justin Hall to Babcock and saying, you know, this is a guy. We have a player here. Give him a chance. He'll break the puck out. And Babs just like, nah, he's soft. So he is soft, but he's an awesome player. You know, like he can, you know, he evades players and makes a good first pass. He's, he's effective. So I think uh, Kyle will finally have a chance to, to play those type of guys. And, and there's a chance that they're real contributors and he believes it. So now that he's the GM, he isn't just like kind of the guy whispering in Babcock's ear saying, what about this? What about this? He can actually just put him on the team. Like yeah. he can decide that this is what the team is. Yep. But as you've seen in the past, that doesn't always work. No. He'll take away Babcock's toys that, and give him the guys that he wants. And Babs can pick between the guys that Kyle likes. And yeah. But how do you think that whole dynamic is going to work? Because I think there's going to be situations exactly like that. I think Garrett Sparks is going to be an interesting one because there are personalities, you guys have all seen this, that just don't really fit Mike Babcock. And I'm going to be fascinated to see how Kyle handles that. Like, what do you do if, if you think Justin Hall should be in the NHL playing for the Leafs and your coach, who's on an eight-year contract, who's won a cup, who's won two Olympics, doesn't? What do you do? That, that's going to be Kyle's daily battle, I think, is, is how do you placate Mike without letting him become the GM? You know, you have to be the GM. You have to make the uh, decisions and say, "Sorry, Mike, here's here's your players." So uh, you can't say it in those words. What you have to do is make Mike think they're Mike's decisions in, in some way, and let him be like, "What about this whole kid? He's pretty good." It's like, you know what, Mike? That's a good idea. Maybe you should play him more. <laughs> that's the you know his his high wire act. He has to, he has to do. But I guess what he did, and you wrote about this for the Athletic. I'm sure you guys saw. He has loaded the roster with skill. So there is no Matt Martin. You don't have a choice. There's no Roman Polak. Those guys are gone. Like, he has made the roster so, like, you've got these toys to play with. You don't have the Polak toy anymore. There will be a point where he's uh, pushed far enough uh, by the coaching staff that he'll have to make some decisions because DJ Smith loves toughness. Like, he pushed to have Roman Polak around much more than Babcock. Um, Babs loved Komarov. Like and Matt Martin to some extent until the end. So uh, I think if they feel like they're getting pushed around in games, the coaching staff's not just going to sit there and be like, yeah, that's fine. Like They're, they're going to put some pr pressure on them to, to make some moves. You wrote about that, that like, is, will t team toughness hurt the Leafs? And that was kind of a controversial, that's one of your most controversial things you've written, I think. Yeah. Like, Leafs, fans, <laughs> Leafs fans gave you some pushback on that. Yeah, I, I just look at playoff hockey, and it, <laughs> the reality is that it's still, it's mean. Like, you know, it, why Andreas Janssen is so effective is because he is scared of fucking nothing. Like, you know, he will go into the corner with your biggest guy, Zidane Ochara, whatever, and he will beat him to the puck, take the hit, and make the play. Whereas a lot of guys, you know, they'll, they'll pull up and then they'll hit Char and be like, did I do good, guys? Did that look tough? It's amazing that's a factor even at, even, it's amazing that's a factor even at the highest level in the whole, in the world. And these yeah. guys are making millions and millions it's of dollars. It's scary, man. That's... The biggest thing for me is it's scary out there. Like, yeah, that's the reality is you know that at any given point you can get your head taken off. And there are a lot of guys play with the fear of, I'd rather just not get my head taken off. This sounds terrible, but, like, the Sedins were Iron Men. They, you know, they never missed a game. They didn't really get in there all that much, did they? You know, Willie Nylander's played 82 games and 81 games. Not exactly the first guy to the puck. 
So these guys are Iron Man, but it's not necessarily because they're tough as nails. Some of it's because they're hesitant. Wait, Mark wants to say something. James, can you just move back? You're boxing me out of this. <laughs> I was going to ask what question you had next. You were next. I'm waiting for the trivia here, I guess. Uh, There's no more trivia. I, I, I had so many things. Polak toy coming this Christmas. What else did I want to say? No, that was a Polak saw. Uh, no, I want to say that Mike Babcock, uh, when he was asked uh, one of the many questions about why he liked Nazim Kadri uh, so much, he was saying it's because you see him skating towards you in the corner, you don't know what he's going to do. And you need guys like that. So I, I like really, a little crazy? Yeah, he's like, it's a little, he's oh, right. to be a little tweak. So those players are great. Yeah, they work out in the playoffs. Yeah, who was the Bruin that found that out? The Wiggles, right? We, oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Didn't work yeah. out so well, but uh, he did play with Janssen in the playoffs, and they looked good, and that could be the, the matchup line at home. For sure it could be. They, they could take all the toughs and then let the other guys just roll over the rest of the team. Right. Before James was dominating the conversation, I, I, <laughs> I wanted to ask you when you were talking about the defense, today when uh, Dubas was talking, he was saying, he was asked, you know, why don't you need a better uh, high-end defenseman? And he said, it's not about getting that de facto top end defenseman. It's about getting the defenseman that can play the way you want to play. Mm -hmm. And there's examples of recent Stanley Cup winners getting to the ultimate goal without having that de facto guy. Do you, do you buy that, that if they, as long as they play the right way or the way the system they want to play, that they can get through this? Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, uh, to be honest, I think their forward group is so good that if, if they just have enough defensemen that can get the puck up to them, get it out of the zone, get started, and I think Riley skates it so well and can make passes, Gardner skates it so well and can make passes, Travis Dermott's great. I, I think he's better than people give him credit for, and I've you know made that case many, many times, but I think they have enough guys that can get the puck up to, you know, to their forwards, and the biggest thing to me is, is like, let's be honest about Ron Hainsey. Like, he can't play that many minutes on the penalty kill. Yes, like, he can. Well, <laughs> they're going to make him try. And he was talking about this earlier. Ron Hainsey looked like death in that series against oh, the Bruins. He was just, he had nothing left. Yeah. Well, I think it was after game five in Boston where they, the shots, remember, they just barely hung on. Uh, he was like, he got called out. He did a, a smaller scrum, but he had like pizza. He was eating, eating pizza. He's like, I need sustenance. I just need he was, like, he's like, why do you want to talk to me? And like, yeah, why do you, like, to you played 40 minutes, you know. And he, I don't think he came off the ice, but he was just like, Ugh. So, yeah, less yeah, minutes for probably not easy. a healthy game plan. I don't know what he would look like in round four. If that's what he looked like. Right, yeah, like you have no chance. So he can't play, you know, four minutes a night in the PK or whatever he averaged last year, almost five, I think. It was yeah, terrible. But it does sound like Mike... Based on his comments today, he's starting Riley, Hainsey, Gardner, Zaitsev, and then whoever. Well, Dermot will be that left, and then we'll see. I guess Carrick will be the favorite on the right. I was talked into uh, reading uh, it was your one-on-one -on -one with Babcock, which was fantastic. I was talked into the Zaitsev thing. Like, he convinced me. Yeah, he made some, yeah. And Dubas mentioned his health, right? Like, he, he had some issues last yes. year. Yes. You know, yes. illness, injuries. Oh, screwed up but I guess you could degree. see, you know, Zaitsev's first year. Like, he gets all these points. Plays on the power play, plays lots of minutes. Feeling good about himself. Feeling good about himself. And then, like, the second season starts, you're not on the power play, then he gets hurt, and then, like, your confidence is shattered, you're getting beat, you're getting scored he on. He said he'd never had an injury like that, right? He said he'd never been anything, through anything like that. And he was really shaken in the middle of the season when, when that happened. So. And going through those tribulations might be good. To, I mean, you know probably better than anyone how much he takes it personally when he has a bad game. He used to yeah. really let it, like, remember he had that minus five night in Florida? 
And then that's when Mike broke them up, and he was like really down he about comes it. Comes out and says, "I am terrible." Yeah, I, uh, yeah. And not to mention the weight of the contract. Like, oh yeah. Know, there's, there's sudden expectations of yeah. like, like, like it's yeah. not okay to be average anymore, and, and he has to be top four of that contract. But that's still yeah. one of the most confusing things I've seen since I've covered the team. I, I don't know honest, how like, that happened. The time that I spent with with Kyle and the Marleys and and Lou. It was constantly Kyle just being like, don't do this. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Please. <laughs> and then just like Luke standing in front of the door. <laughs> no, you're not doing it. And Lou gets the job in New York, and he's like, you know who would be good for us is a Valtteri Filpula. That'll, that's going to make a difference here. Like, Kyle would have been like, no. <laughs> and, you know, now, now Lou doesn't have that protection. And look out. Do you want me to consult the list for the next thing we're going to talk about, or do you just want to? I think we should go to the. Well, go ahead. Questions? Yeah. Actually, <laughs> hurry, we're losing the room. What's in, what's in there? Yeah. <laughs> They're grumbling. They're looking at their phone. Actually, I w we were going to talk about Dubis, but I would wonder if you were coaching the team, what would you do with the defense? Um, that's an interesting question. Because, like I said, I think Hainsey should play less. I think Dermot should get more of an opportunity, and I think Connor Carrick is better than he's. You know, you, you can't play a, a guy 12 minutes who's 24 years old or whatever and, and really know what he's worth. So to me, they're good enough that they're going to win games. So I want them to experiment with the younger guys and see if they can handle more than they've... Especially early in the year and preseason. Yeah. yeah. If, like if they just run Riley Hainsey out all preseason in the first 10 games of the year, what are you doing? Yeah. Would, would it be fair to Dermot to put him on the offside, bump him into the top four, put Hainsey on his natural side with Zaitsev? Maybe Absolutely, yeah. Well, yeah. I guess Zaitsev's going to play in the top four. Right. Yeah, Probably. but Dermot but could play on his offside with the Marlins. Yeah. Like they, they, they put him yeah. through that because they knew they weren't strong. Not a lot, though, right? No, like not He said only a couple weeks yeah. that that's what he did. Yeah, it wasn't a ton, but it, in practice it was sort of a common thing. They kind of wanted to see if he could do it and... He's got the skill set. It's it's fine. I think he can handle a lot. He seemed pretty confident. Like yeah. he said, he got that. He has that in his back pocket. So, yeah. but the point is, you could be creative. You could yeah. play Riley and Carrick together. You could use Gardner and Zaitsev against top lines, and you could play Dermot with Hainsey yeah. against whoever. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I think that's the way to go. We'd love to take questions from the audience. So, if you have questions for me or Jonas or Justin or Mark about uh, hockey, we have a mic. <laughs> Just flag Andrew down. There's some people in the front, Andrew. Yeah, start in the back. That's fine. Guys in the front, you can see their faces. The, the front got <laughs> free beer and free socks and. Gotta keep the guys at the front happy. Hello? Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm here. Um, what are we doing long term with Gardner? Like, I mean, you. you know, he has a he, he has a year left. He has a year We're left. Security. He has a year left, and like, are we extending him? Are we trading him? Like, that's a what, great question. What's happening. That's a great. I mean, nobody's I talking about Gardner, and yeah. then we there's a year left. And like, that's on my list yeah. of topics to he write about. He was one of the yeah. guys who turned us down every day at the summer skates, as he should. You don't think he wanted In to talk about skates? This. One of the early things that Kyle Dubas did was start to meet with. Uh, Pepper Son, who's Jake Gardner's agent, and talk about what an extension might possibly look like. And I think they want to know what the parameters of that would be before they say, yes, this is what we want to commit to. And I'm, I'm sure from Gardner's perspective, with the points he's put up and the minutes that he's played, he wants a long-term. This is going to be like his career-defining contract. He's not going to sign a short-term or a low-money deal. So the Leafs need to decide if they're willing to sign him long-term. Yeah, you got to go ahead. Well, I was just going to say... If he comes to you and says, you know what, I want the Ryan Ellis deal, which was eight by six ish, you're saying we can't do eight years. Yeah. But if it's like, if you were Kyle, 
656? Do you start to think about that? Or do you say, you know what, I've got Travis Dermott, and we'll, we're comfortable letting you go after this year, and Dermott will play in our top So he's four. saying zero by zero. Like, I think you got to look at potentially if you move him for another defenseman. Well, that's, that's where I'm at. So, uh, to me, remember game seven, eh? <laughs> That was a long time ago. I broke my TV. Yeah. <laughs> He's the most polarizing player in the Leafs, I would say. I would say so right now. The crowd is shouting at us to get rid of him for nothing. <laughs> yeah. so. um, I would say that's the biggest divide within the organization, too, is, is how you value Jake Gardner. I think Dubas does like him, but not that much. You know, not, not but, see, <laughs> but see, I disagree with the idea of trading him. You're trying to win a cup. This year. This year. You can't trade him. Yeah. You don't have, like, as good as Dermot is. You take Dermot and you move him up. You're moving someone else into his spot who's not yeah. as good. Yeah, you're right. And yeah. depth, too, right? If someone gets hurt, we're not assuming they're just going to be healthy the whole the year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is. It, it's probably one of the tougher decisions that Kyle will have to make this year. And, and to be honest, I don't really know how I feel about Jake Gardner because you read all the fancy stats and everyone who, you know, really pushes for him, like, and he skates and he makes plays and he gets points. But there are those games, right? It's just those games, there's those moments where it's like, he looks like just like a Labrador retriever. He's just dumb. Like, I just don't know. Like, well, that's, that's, why, that's, why I think, that's why I think they might move on from him. Like, I think they might just say, you know what? We don't want to commit to this for six more years. Is anyone here concerned about how he, like, actually might play this season? He tends to get into trouble. You think he'll just be bounced back and he won't be concerned He's about his future? very, very, very steady. When like he, he doesn't get excited, much. he doesn't get down, he's just like... He's pretty he's dumb, he's just... No, like, that's not... <laughs> well, when, when, when Randy Carlisle, I don't know, he's, he's at his best when he's, you know, he says... No one tweet that. mean that. Dude, there's a live stream. He's watching it in Niagara Falls. This is also... This is all, yeah. With this the entire all, team, I'm sure. This is also being recorded, and it's going to be For posterity purposes, so. but we're deleting okay. that trivia. I'll, I'll tighten it up. But he, he Andrew, edit trivia. that part out. And the trivia. Yeah, he gets into trouble when he thinks too much, right? As, as silly as that sounds. Yeah, like when he's just, his instincts, no? I mean, it's the complete opposite of no. All right, all right, all right. More? Next, next question. We have another question over here, guys. We didn't answer that one. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do with Gardner. Okay, first of all, Gardner's not dumb. He's just unique. Okay. I agree. Um, this is actually for my friend who's too shy to ask the question, but uh, too drunk, he says. Okay. What are the Leafs going to do about their breakout this year? Because last year they kind of had that half season. They were just kind of doing off the glass and out, and then it seemed like they were going with stretch passes and whatnot. So what, what are they going to do? Let's ask the video coach on the stage. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing Babcock likes to do is play fast. You hear that in the odd interview? Does that come up at all? Well, that came up today. He said basically they. that's exactly what he Yeah, said. so basically the, the weak side winger always cuts across the ice. They want him slashing as fast as possible, and they, he feels like if you can just get the puck out into the neutral zone, and you have a guy full head of steam, you know, he's going to make it difficult on the oppose, uh, opposing D. So um, it, what's interesting is that was his theory early on when they didn't particularly have the talent that they have now. You know, like, they have some players who can make plays on the back end. So it, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the weak side winger. If they leave him out on the, on the weak side, like Kessel used to like that. He liked to stay on his weak side and get a pass coming across. You need defensemen who can make plays to do that. So, um, it, you know, Babcock talked about adjusting, and maybe that that's a change they'll make. 
But in the past, in general, yeah, it's just been like banging off the glass and get someone going fast after it. So. Even going way back to like his first year with the Leafs, that's what yeah. he was trying to do. Yeah. Well, and particularly when you don't have the horses, when you don't have the guys who can make plays. Why do you think it looked worse than it did in the first two years last, at the beginning, of, like the first half of last season? It looked it, like just the breakouts looked brutal. Yeah. They, they had some game. Remember that game in San Jose in November? And it was just, they had some games where they just got crushed. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure what, what changes there. Uh, one thing that Mike always says, too, is so when the other team dumps the puck in and the defensemen go back on the puck, you know, the forwards are supposed to run interference. They're supposed to hold people up, and refs never call that. You get in front of a guy, you hold up the four checkers and give them time. And I don't feel like the least forwards were giving their defensemen enough time to go back and actually turn with the puck, get their heads up, and, and find someone. I feel like there was someone on top of the defenseman all the time, and, and that's something that Babs would want to change. Mike, uh, in his news conference today, made reference to three key uh, things they're going to focus on at training camp. You followed up, I think. He wouldn't, he, he wouldn't say, but it's so funny, right? He, he volunteers he the one, first no, one. Yeah, which is play which better is defensively. Better defensively. All right. Okay, good. Uh, but then you would follow it up, and I just wonder if that's one of them, right? Because And I'm sure it'll come out. He always doles it out a little bit at a time, right? I think when you followed up, he's like, I've given away too much already. <laughs> you'll you'll well, find out. I didn't out. even say there are three things. If you're I know. Saying. He does this sometimes, though. And then he's like, oh, I better pull back. All year we're going to be talking about the three yeah. things. Oh, people will be asking about that tomorrow, I'm sure. Myself included. But uh, I think you should do another captaincy. Uh, I'm following up on that, for sure. <laughs> right. Which one of the alternates will talk to the referee? Next question. They're both on the ice. Is there another question? So many questions. Where's the mic? Next question. Hey, guys. Um, what do you think the plan is to replace JBR's presence in front of the net? And, like, 30, 36 goals is a lot to replace. And I know Tavares will be getting, will be replacing that. But you do want somebody to be in front of the net to get those garbage goals. But you don't want guys like Tavares to take that abuse. So I'm just wondering what the plan there would be. What they do on the power play is going to be very interesting because Austin Matthews has made it clear he wants to be on the first power play unit, but if you look at the players they've got, you basically have to dismantle everything they did last year in order to give Austin Matthews the first power play unit. And it sounds like Babcock's talking about putting Tavares right in front of the net in kind of that, that JVR role. But I don't think you necessarily need to replace his presence around the net. You just need to be able to score. And adding, it doesn't matter how you So score, maybe it so. looks way different. Maybe, like, right. you, you would know better than us. Like, maybe the power play formation is completely a different look than what they did the last two years. Yeah, the, the biggest thing is I think JVR gets a ton of credit because Mitch Marner is so good. Like, he got a lot of touches in a really dangerous area of the ice. And, you know, if you put another great player there, maybe he doesn't quite score as many as JVR, but you're not going to lose more than a couple goals. You know, if Tavares is getting touches in front of the net, well, like JVR was. Well, going to get... 15 to 20, something like that? I, I would assume, yeah. I mean, so it, it, it's going to be interesting because Jim Hiller has done a really good job of this power play the last couple of years, and I think a power play needs to be really structured. You know, I, I used to think initially that just have talent and let them freelance and all that, but you, you need some structure, and, and Jim Hiller has been really good at providing that, and I think they have the talent to execute whatever his decision will be. It seems like analytics have changed power plays, haven't they? Like, it seems like the data has really change it into a, a funnel system where you got the one D at the top and then yeah. you just get as many, like that's where Kadri, a lot of his goals are coming from is they've moved him right into that slot area 
And that was not a position he played before the last couple of years. Yeah, and that's something that Leafs have paid a, a lot of attention to with their, their analytics staff is, is figuring out where the goals are, are coming from. And certainly JVR is a talent with nice hands, but I don't think they're going to miss him as much as, as people think. Well, certainly they didn't want to pay him $7 million a year to keep Well, yeah, that's, that was a non-option, I think. There's no way to keep that skeleton of that first unit together with Matthews on it. That's, or would that completely no, change the DNA of no, it? No, no, I think that's So what's your, what's like, your five what, then? Well, you're, you know, right? You keep the three guys that were together, right? Marner, Riley, uh, which Tavares comes, sorry, and Kadri in the bumper roll. But then you got, all three, you got all three of your centers on your one unit. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. Babs would never that do that just because after the power play. So then you just break screwed. that up and he just feels, uh, yeah. I don't know, it's a tough one. That's it. It'll be really interesting to watch. I can't. I would really, you know, I would love to be in that coach's office and just hear, you know, the different ideas because it's no different than this where you just go, I don't know, would this work? What I think, think it would be really interesting, given where Marner is on that right side, to have Matthews on the other side and to have, like, that passing threat with a shot like that. I don't know. No, no, that, that would be deadly. And that's one of the things that, again, we talked about. They're good enough to win games, uh, you know, without being perfect. So let's try it. Let's try it. Yeah. Then, you know. Well, you won't need a second unit. <laughs> then a score. Who's up for a question? Here? I got a question. Justin, do you need another beer? <laughs> no, I'm fine. Yeah, all right. All right. Okay, we got one more here. All right, uh, guys. For next year only, uh, assuming that the rest of the players on your team are all league average for their position, would you rather have the Leafs three centers, so the Tavares, Matthews, and Kadri, or the Sharks defensemen with Carlson and Burns and then Blassen? That's a pretty mean decor. <laughs> I think James, I, James Myrtle. <laughs> I, I think I go with what the Leafs have, just because we talked about Vegas and the way. Like I think you can win in the NHL with a decor that's not. Can, you can't win with centers that can't play. And what's interesting stars. is Babcock has said that too. He really liked uh, teams that are built down the middle like that. So uh, maybe that's their preference. But man, San Jose. <laughs> Andrew, there are a ton of questions up in the front here. These are the diehards apparently that got here. You're lighting up. I actually do have a bit of a queue. Maybe they have the extra beers or I don't know what. In between questions. Way to the front in a second here. Wait, one sec while you make it up front. What were your thoughts on the trades today? It's hard not to pile on. We did yeah. it already, but like, what do you... I, well, that's exactly how I feel, is that it's hard not to pile on. Oh, it was such a joke. Ju Justin. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> I got over under Senator's attendance, uh, 11,000 a game. I'm going under. I'm not going to claim over, but... Is this, uh, I'm kind of hoping this Melnick video thing is a recurring... Like, there's episodes of it. Between two birds? Yeah, between two sends and different jerseys. And, <laughs> Who would be the next player? Is Borrow like the uh, the ultimate host? Or like, and by, by the way, can Borrow Wicky throw in some teeth? Like I've played hockey with sure. Sure. Like chuck him in. Okay. I'm sure I watched that show, Melnick Between Two Sins. I watched it. I watched it. Next question. So many questions. Hey, so um, given where. Uh, So given where the CBA is and it being needed to be renegotiated fairly soon, how do the Toronto Maple Leafs approach contract renegotiations given, I mean, how many contracts there are aside from the big three, but also address the big three? You're good. <laughs> but also. 
It's tough because you don't know what the next CBA is going to be. So it, there's a big unknown factor about what's going to change. I think part of what's going to change is the term limits are going to come down. You're not going to be able to give guys uh, seven, eight-year contracts anymore. I love the NBA's five-year. If they bring awesome. it down to five, so you know what's going to happen. If they bring it down to five, stars are going to get even more. Because all of a sudden you can't give them the term. So you're going to have to give them the dollars. So what I would do if I was the Leafs is get them locked up on that term now. Because the price for a Matthews and a Marner in an environment where there's not where there's a really low term limit, that's going to be problematic. But and the other thing that I would worry about with the Leafs is the expansion draft, because it really looks like the Leafs will lose a good player. Um, what the CBA negotiations look like they're going to do is push Seattle back another year, because they don't want an expansion team coming in in a year when there's a lockout. So that pushes them back a year, and the Leafs are going to be in a position where they've got so many good players, they're going to be one of the teams that loses a good player in the expansion draft. And, you know, that's a concern for two or three years from now. You think we'll get another lockout? I need a lockout to get to the Australian Open. So. It, it, I, it's the only major I'm missing. So it the could career, be partial season. I could see them playing 60 games or something like that. you got to get to that, January. I, could, I don't think so. I, don't th I, I could selfish. see them missing some games, but they're not far enough apart that it's going to be a whole... They're not going to miss a whole year over. There's nothing that they're that upset about. All right, Master over here. Slam, yeah. Get to Melbourne one day. All right, guys. Uh, first of all, I want to praise the athletic. I love the site and uh, Justin. Awesome. Uh, Justin, especially Thank you. there was an article you wrote about uh, Jake Gardner at the end of the playoffs, which really level-headed set where you know a guy is here's who he is. He's got the good and the bad. I think that goes to a lot of Toronto sports where we, we throw guys under the bus, but they are who they are. Anyways, my question that I want to bring up, uh, obviously with the defense being what it is, outside of that, where's the biggest weakness you see on our team, and what, what could derail this? Obviously, we've got such a high for it. What could be the thing that undercuts that for the year? I think that having lost three, you know, NHLers this, this offseason, the depth is challenged now. I don't see that if there's injuries, that there's enough people to step in and really keep the things moving forward. Um, you know, if they're two important players in particular. Obviously, the top-end talent is extreme, but it used to be that they were, like, deep down to, like, 18 forwards or whatever, and that, that's not the case anymore. Well, an example of that, sorry, James, would be one center got hurt. Suddenly, we'd be looking around and being like, who's going to be the other center? Even, like, the, you know, 4C is, is like... A, or even that, it's like... like who, okay, who's that guy? So, yeah, definitely, uh, if they lose a center they, or two... It's weird they didn't try and address that... that like, there's no one to even challenge Par Lindholm, who we have no idea if he can play or not. Yeah, yeah it, it is a curious thing, and uh, I feel like, you know, Kyle's got something up his sleeve. I know when we were, uh, you know, when I was at the Marlies, when we had a weakness, he, he generally had a plan. But, you know, it's not like he's oblivious to it, I'm sure, so I, yeah, I'm curious to know what that is. Someone has to stand up for Frederick Gauthier yet. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. I am sick of this. No, I so you know what's interesting is Carl Lindholm. Freddie's like, you know, he can skate and he's huge and he'll do the right things and all that. And he just doesn't want to be a hockey player. That's the truth. He just, he doesn't care. He just doesn't care. He doesn't care. Loves puzzles. Loves his puzzles. question? Hey, guys. Mark, I love you on TSN. Thank you, finally. Because I'm blood. Yeah, blood is great. I love this too. Canada's sports leader. Anyway, thank you. Thank you. I just, yeah. What's your question? So I got two questions. One, just quickly, um, do you think Bracco and Lilligren could be a Dermot this year, like being called up in March? Like if the Lilligren 
develops and Brocko just tears the AHL apart, which I think he will because I am a Jeremy Brocko fanboy. I saw him when he played in Windsor. I met his parents and just, I've been a Brocko fanboy. Um, so then my second question is about the Leafs and the contract. Do you think in the next CBA, the Leafs will be really pushing hard for a luxury tax? Because as a Leaf fan, it sucks that we have to talk about this and I wish we can give Matthews $15 million. I wish we can give Nylander eight. It won't happen. Batman will never let a luxury tax come in. But do you so think so it, why, it won't happen? No, like the NBA I mean, has it, and the NBA is amazing. So why, why can't they? But do the it? question Batman, is, Batman's all about the cost certainty and the hard cap. That was a, they. So they lost a whole year for that. Let him just finish his question. Yeah. My question. Let him talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that if the league woke up tomorrow, if Gary Batman woke up tomorrow and said, you know what, no more cap. Does that kill Carolina? Does that kill Columbus? Like, if I'm the Leafs, like, I don't want a cap. Like, but why should, if I'm the Leafs fan, why the hell do I care about the Carolina? Well, no, Le Leafs fans shouldn't want a cap, but the, the commissioner does, and most of the owners do, so the cap's not going anywhere. So blatantly, like, he just works for the owners, right? Like, everyone has to be happy, and that's that's his job. I'm with you. I certainly don't want a so cap So the first question was Bracco and Lilgren. I think both of those guys need to have really big years in the AHL. They need to be big contributors on a Marlies team. Like the Marlies, I know I've talked to Scott Wheeler about this. He thinks the Marlies might not be that good this year. Mm -hmm. And for them to be good, they need guys like that to step up and play big minutes. And, and that's it. Talking to, to Lilgren at, at, at the rookie camp, he said, I want to be a big piece on this team and not just like a third pair D that is like and, sitting and some And Sheldon Keefe said that, that they're going to put him in a position that, all right, show us. PK, PP, yeah. you know, big minutes at even strength. Let's see what you can do. I mean, he was 18 years old last year. I mean, that's no one plays in the AHL at 18 years old, but... I don't think either of those guys is going to play in the NHL. Like maybe a couple of games, but I highly doubt it. They're not. They're not ready yet. Yeah, I think Lilligren has like a. He has a career ahead of him. He's going to be a. He'll be in the NHL yeah. for sure. But I'm not even 100% sold uh, on Bracco. He's interesting. He's really. I know uh, you're a fan of his, but he's very. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say anything too negative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're streaming. Uh, we're streaming. He's a, yeah, he is a, uh, a, a talent. He's got some challenges ahead yes. of him. He, he's just small, and he's slight, and he's hesitant to get into the dangerous areas, and um, there are some very large humans that play in the NHL, and it's tough for me to see a situation where he's a top six player in the NHL. He I has don't to light up the AHL. Light it up. Like this year. Yeah. Like he's got to step up. I think that guys in the AHL, if they're going to be NHL players, they've got to be point of game guys when they're 20-21. That's the, you have to be. Yeah. No, Especially I, I a small disagree. skilled guy. Yeah. And, and he certainly has those skills. It's just really hard when you're that small. You have to be so exceptional. And, and again, he's not short. He's just very slight. So I, I'll be interested myself to see how he does. If, if uh, Lilligren continues to develop the way he seems to be training, you see him in the NHL next season? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I think, uh, and Kyle is the type of guy who would love to have someone like that on his team. So, yeah, he's a good fit. Next question over here. Awesome. Uh, this is Jeff. Uh, seeing that the buds are definitely going to be all day this year, do you think the parade's going to go up young and then down day? Or do you think it's going to go up... Let's wait and see if they win the first preseason game, and then we'll, then we'll, then we'll have a better idea. Then, then we can get into that. Mark will be there to tell us all about it. Uh, is going. No, but my question kind of does relate to that. Like, I think my position would be that in the past few years, it's been a bit of a honeymoon stage, um, and we've seen Carlson and Pacioretty just go to markets where it's much quieter than wherever they were. So I'm really interested in whether or not you guys think the pressure that's going to be on the team this year will have a... a not a measurable impact necessarily, but a very meaningful one because the expectations now versus even last year 
are significantly higher. So what, what impacts does that have? What if they struggle, like? it's going to be tough. Yeah, it's gonna, yeah. I think there are real expectations now, and you know they've lost in the first round two years in a row. The expectation is that there's a step that comes here, and that's not necessarily that they win. It's just that they've got to they've got to take the step into the upper echelon. But I think what we as media and fans have to remember is like a four game losing streak in December. It, story market. It doesn't really matter that much. <laughs> you like you see the headlines on Sports Center. I know. Struggling Leafs face must break moment. And it doesn't. Like Game the, ten in, in Carolina. TSN <laughs> four only on the Quattro. On the Quattro. <laughs> is this a must win? Talk to your cable provider now. <laughs> ultimately, like once you get to April, playoffs start. Nobody remembers the four-game losing streak in December. Like, it all... I'm not talking four-game losing streak. I'm saying, like, what if they're, like, scuffling along and they're not... What's scuffling? Like, they're in the, among the wild-card teams after two months. Are you going to panic? Are you going to write some panic? No, but I think that the pressure... time to panic. The pressure... The headline you see. The pressure, what he's talking about, is going to intensify on them more than it has over the last three or four years. I, I've written several times that I very much believe the season's snowball. Like, you know, if you get off to a good start or a bad start, you know, when people start feeling good and we're all, you know, everyone's buddy-buddy, or you start feeling bad and you start pointing fingers and blaming each other. Uh, I think the start to their season is very important this year, and I think the first 15, 20 games will kind of dictate where they do, end do, up. Do you think those players at the uh, media tour on the other teams were knew what they were doing when they were saying that Toronto's the Stanley Cup contender, or do you think they were like just legitimately giving straight answers? Sure. So are they that filling was like these? 10 players, 12 David players. says, Leafs are going to win the Cup. Yeah. So stupid. Well, the coaches always go to press conferences like before a playoff series, and they're like, wow, you know, boy, it's going to be tough to beat this team. They're obviously the favorite. We hope we can just win a game, you know? And like, like they really try to set the stage, and it's yeah. for a reason. They should just go full Trump and just say, this team is a joke. We're going to watch all of sad. <laughs> With that defense, maybe, maybe Lou will do that. You know, Mike is really good. Well, they're at, not going to be in the playoffs. So. Mike has been really good at controlling the message to a degree, right? We made uh, light of that unfortunate situation with my wife on the airplane, but he really did admit that that was, uh, that was a ploy, like, because they had just got hammered in Chicago, and I was ready to grill him about it, but then the story became me, so I was happy to go that way. Just with a warm <laughs> towel in yeah. your face and a warm oh, up. It was so good, I can't tell you. Great flight. We're back on this again. Yeah, no, anyway, but he's very good at controlling the message, right? Like when they have a yes. bad loss, he's he's been, you know, usually pretty good. He can rate Don't it take in. the bait. That's the most. I love the bait, though. It's so good. I love that. We do one more question, I, I Andrew. I just want to say yeah. about that question about the parade and the light with you, right? That would have been a legitimate question, remember? First, first he had it planned out. He had it planned out. That was, anyway, not was necessarily guys. a bad question. Um, I know we touched on this a couple of podcasts, or you guys touched on it a couple of podcasts ago. Uh, Jonas obviously on the side of keeping Gardner uh, for a run, which I understand we kept JJR for a run too, and he got us four points. Uh, whereas at the trade deadline, guys like Hartman, Ryan, and Sashny each fetched a first, a fourth, and a prospect. And deb debatably, how much of a downstep would have been to have replaced JVR with a Andrea Johnson or for an upcoming season, uh, replacing Gardner, for instance, with a Boardman or a Callie Rosen when they could also have another first, fourth, and a prospect, making their prospect pool looking a lot, look a lot better than they were They're now. at the point now they can't trade for picks and prospects. Like this is like they're in the win now window. Like this is if you're trading Gardner, you're trying to get a piece that's going to help you. The biggest thing to me is Washington. Washington finished what seventh this year? 
Like, they were tied with the Leafs. The Leafs were yeah. sad. Yeah. yeah, and so like there's a grouping of teams who can win every year. And I think every year you're in that group, I think you got to take a swing. You can't subtract a big piece. Well, though. we've yeah. seen teams do it. Like St. Louis did it with Chat and Kirk. Didn't work out. Oh, by the no, way, I St. think Louis. that's pathetic. And then they did it with Stasny, too, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Back to back years. Like, that's goofy, and now though. Like, what are they doing? I, are you trying to win the cup or what? Trying to sell tickets? What's you trying it's to win a the cup? It's a very like, Belichick move, though. It's like we can replace you, basically. Yeah. yeah, but they couldn't. So, right. yeah. so at least are in a group that can win the cup this year. Who else is in that group? Tampa, Nashville. Everyone in their division who isn't awful. Right. And then is San Jose now in that mix? Yeah, probably. Or they could be even already. Probably. And Vegas. Winnipeg. Winnipeg, uh, Nashville, Winnipeg, Central. Yeah, yeah. So there's four, seven, nine. Washington's probably still Washington. there. Yeah, yeah. so yep. nine teams. Still, yep. you know, anyway. James, anything else you want to say before we wrap up this, the podcast? This was awesome. This was fantastic. So we're going to do more of these shows uh, because it was so successful. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. Um, bye. Check out the Saki Hall of Fame. Thank you to Justin and Mark for being part of the first one. Thank you. Good. And so the next one is scheduled right now for February 7th, but I think we might do another Wasn't one Wasn't one in November? Potentially. Let's do it next yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was fun. I don't know that you're going to be. Thank you for thank you for the support. <laughs> I won't be invited back. Thank, thank you for supporting The Athletic. It's, it's been fantastic. So. Thank you. Thank you all. Good night.